Hello everybody and welcome to episode 449 of Conversation Street. We're going to be talking about Corrie between the 14th and the 18th of December and that is episodes 10,193 to 10,198. Hello, hello, I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. And we're both late today. It's it's like five o'clock on Saturday evening when we're recording this. Jolly late one, but we have very good excuse. Gemma, what is our excuse for we're late? You say it. We're moving house. It's very exciting and it's all come kind of quickly, hasn't it? Um, but yeah, we've seen a house that we want to move to and we put our house on the market. And this week, we've mostly been getting our house ready to be photographed by the estate agents because it's usually a bit of a dump. How dare you? <laughs> what? Why did you say dump for? It's usually You're a little dump. bit cluttered. Clutter's okay. I'm just saying it makes the Dobbs Stapes household look like some kind of minimalist haven. You're so rude. But not anymore, because we've been working our fingers on a bone. Mostly Gemma, I have to say, but I've been helping out as well, getting our current residence into a photographable state. I think we've done a bloody good job. We have our house. It's lovely at the moment. This is the tidiest it's been in the... How long have we been here? Like 17... No, 13 years we've been here. This is the nicest it's ever been, actually, because when we moved in, it was very tidy because there's nothing in here, but it was horrible yeah then it was a dump michael now it's actually quite nice it's, it's lovely now yeah we um well you'll be able to see because you might be able to find our house when it gets put on the market we will would blue, you like to buy it yeah we put a blue plaque on it if you like um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that that's what's been going on in our life at the I'm moment totally exhausted we literally every evening this week we've been spending hours sorting tidying taking boxes of stuff to a like a safety lockup Thing that we got a storage place that's 10 minutes down the road Gemma's Gemma already goes to bed late as you may know and she's been um just doing it all day all night and I like finally three, three nights this week I didn't actually sleep I didn't actually go to bed yeah that that's what it has been and then at half past 12 this afternoon a lovely chap came around and took some photographs for it and he's he's got it's like a modern one as well it's that 3d virtual tour yeah. of our house oh, you'll be we, able to have apparently we we like hid some things behind bits that we knew wouldn't be in the photo and then he comes with his blooming 3d camera and we had to quickly hide stuff <laughs> just like cat food in the wardrobe and bottles of lemonade under the sink and yeah we will just get we're gonna be opening cupboards and random things dropping out for days yeah but um that is why we're late we we have been able to watch cory when it's been on but Apart from that, we've basically been doing... Done nothing else. We've done nothing else other than that. So that's why we're late. And so I, I I hope that you forgive us and understand why yeah. we couldn't come Sorry, to you Saturday everybody. morning. And I know that people have been wanting to find out the nominations for the Conversation Street Awards as well. <laughs> We're already doing that like two weeks later than we normally would do. Well, um, look, it's not every year there's a pandemic and the 60th year anniversary and we decide to move house uh, in... In de- we, December. We no could reason. have started recording a little bit earlier, but we have just been watching Boris on the telly, cancelling Christmas oh, for everybody. No. I'm sorry if anybody's listening who can't have a Christmas that you wanted. That oh, sucks. we have definitely got some tier four listeners here. Yeah, that sucks. We we're um we're still in tier two, but tier three or tier four is literally you know, they, ten minute drive down there. the road. Yeah, it's stupid. Why is there tier two and then tier four next to it? I don't know. Maybe a, well, somebody it's I know. Fairham tier three. Well, so yeah, but somebody I know works in tier four, lives in tier two. Yeah. Anyway, 
anyway. So in, in we, the UK, well, in England, they haven't said about Scotland and Wales yet, but we can only see people on Christmas Day now. It was, was going to be... Oh, yeah, Gemma's dad's birthday is the 23rd of December, and we yeah. always go around there, and we thought we'd still be able to this year, but yeah. now we cannot. We're going to have KFC together, and now we're going to have yeah. to have socially distanced KFC via Zoom or something. He always has KFC for his birthday. It's like it's Japanese or something. <laughs> um, anyway, we, are, we will do our best in tonight's podcast to make it as festive and cheerful as we can. And the other thing that happened this week what? was that, that I've been... Uh, my, my allotment came up, and I don't know how I'm going to get it. I've... I've been oh, on the yeah. waiting list for a year and a half for an allotment, and they said it would take three years. But I think we've, some we've people gone all we've might... gone all Kathy and Roy and Sharif and, and got our own allotment. I'm now. terrified. I've got so much to. I literally, apart from the fact that I had stuff to do, I wouldn't have been able to sleep because I'm terrified of everything that's happening. <laughs> I just thought of something else that we've been doing this week that isn't packing and watching Coronation Street and receiving the news we've got an allotment. We've been playing Coronation Street Words and Design. The new that, app, but we're not going to talk what, about that, that now. That does soothe me a little bit. We're going to talk about that in the news section because we usually do our reviews of things in the news, and we're going to be talking about that. Just There's listen, not much other news going on this week. If you if you ever have trouble sleeping, and you feel anxious and worried and tense and upset, just know you're not alone. You're not the only person. Don't worry. Give Gemma a ring. Contact no, I'm not saying Facebook. that. I'm just saying, don't feel like you're there's something wrong with you, or you feel bad about yourself, or you think everyone else is doing okay. How come I'm? How come I'm so wound up and stressed? You're not the only one. It's okay. We're all going to get through it. All these things will just flow over us, and then we'll be back some doing something completely different this time next year. Don't worry about anything. That's very serious and some advice. I do. And I was going to make a joke about calling up Paul or something, but don't try and get him to give you his phone number because he'll get in trouble and he's already in. I don't think I'd be very good on helpline, but Paul's like, "You being sexually abused? Look, don't worry about it. It'll be fine next this time next year. Just let it wash over you." Once once this storyline's over for you, it'll be gone. Look at me out there. I don't. I won't care about this next week because I'm. Don't even think about Cal anymore. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, Gemma, yeah. as per tradition, I believe you have a quiz. So maybe you've got some kind of Christmas-themed quiz this week, perhaps? Um, only do you, only Pre-Christmas uh, quiz. Only in the manner of which it, it takes place in December. Okay. Oh, by the way, just while you're getting it up, I, I guess next week's, <laughs> what? next week's podcast, we're not going to be recording on Christmas Day either. Yeah, it, there's, only will... one, there's only one day... That we can be with our family, so we're sorry, but we're not going to be with you. We're going to be with our family. Yes, but we, but now we're not allowed to go to Gemma's family on Boxing Day. Maybe we record our next podcast on Boxing Day, so it could well be next Saturday that episode four hundred and fifty is up, or maybe it's Sunday, or maybe after. We will have to see. We'd Depends how enthused we are to be able Christmas to talk Day. about the Christmas Day um, Coronation Street, really. Yeah. Anyway, Chris, I've got a pen. Oh, you just stuffed We tied it all our pens away. I wouldn't even. Literally, literally, I would not know where to look for a pen at the moment in this house. We have gone to the stage at which there's no washing up liquid in the fr- in the kitchen. There's no sh- soap or towels in the bathroom. Literally, it looks like I went to the loo earlier and, and there wasn't any toilet paper on the holder. Oh, that wasn't by <laughs> design. Right, I'll just type in my score here. Win. No, fourteenth the quiz for the fourteenth the eighteenth of December and years ending in a zero and a five. From coronationstreet.fandom.com. I'm trying to make it happy and, and festive for everybody. Jingle bells. We already had the jingle bells with the theme music. I don't know. Fourteenth of December nineteen sixty. 
How does Flory Lindley get in trouble with the police? She was selling firelighters when yeah. she shouldn't have been. Why? What does that mean? Um, too late. Yeah, she was selling the at 7 o'clock after 7pm. Oh, she got, tell you what, it she was got busted by the, the undercover cops, didn't she? Well, she could probably get busted now for selling them. Are those essential firelighters? <laughs> 15th of December 1980. What does Hilda hire Mrs Palin for at the price of £1.75 an hour as a Christmas treat to herself? I don't know this. Hilda hires a woman called Mrs Palin. Does she have her, like, her own cleaner for the day? Yeah. Oh, that's quite cute, isn't it? I don't know. I don't you know to I tell you what, I bloody could have done with one of them. Oh, yeah. 15th of December, and it's £1.75 an hour, she could bloody live in. <laughs> 15th of December, 1995. Gary is pleased when Judy puts up a neon sign in the house window, but what does it say? Oh. I was hoping it's something a bit rude, isn't it? It's, is it like Santa's Nookie Nest or something like that? Yes, it's. Santa's Nookie Nest. Is it really? Yay! <laughs> I'm pretty sure it had, I, I thought it had Nookie in there somewhere. Wow. There we go. Why do you remember that? I'm on fire. 16th of December, 1960. Who returns to the street after a nervous breakdown? May Hardman. Yes! You are on fire. Well, we did only watch that earlier this year. What does Leonard Swindley lecture Ina Sharples about? Um, going to the pub and she shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five out of five. 16th of December, 1970. Who takes Irma hostage? Joe Donnelly. Yeah. 17th of December, 2010. At who, whose funeral does it emerge that Kevin is the real father of baby Jack? Molly. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get... I might get Christmas before Mark. Maybe you won't. Depends on whether you get this next question. Is this the last question? No. 18th of December, 1985. What happens to Sam's Christmas pudding at Alf's stag party? I remember reading about this. We watched it. Did we? We watched people talking about it. It's quite It's quite the scandal. Did it get sat on? Yeah. By Alf? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right, final question. Come on, come on. 18th of December. Got to make up for that distinct nostalgia quiz. Does everybody listen to that now? Oh, God. <laughs> if I you haven't, haven't don't worry it. about it. Right. Um, haven't you? No, I wouldn't want to listen to it. I don't want to see you in a different oh, you way. Might. You, you should I listen only... to it and you can come back and tell me it wasn't so bad. No, I only love you because you're so intelligent. <laughs> go I on, go on. I would be put off you for life. 18th of December 2005. Which leggy factory worker gets mugged? Kelly Crabtree. Uh, yeah, full marks. Thanks for the clue. Full marks, full yes. marks. Hooray. What a Christmas miracle. Who has got a birthday coming up this week, Gemma? I believe it's not many, you told me earlier. No, there's hardly anybody. Um, 21st of December is John Quayle, who played Anthony Stevens. Then we've got Malcolm Hebden, who plays Norris Cole. I Cole. know who that is. And Daniel Brocklebank, who plays... Billy Mayhew. Happy birthday to them. And Noel Dyson. On the 23rd of December, he plays Ida Barlow. She did. Played. Happy birthday. I think I probably make the same comment every year, but isn't it funny that somebody with such a Christmassy birthday is called Noel? I don't think it's coincidence. I don't think they already had the name picked out before they got... They probably didn't, did they? What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) They're like, right, we've always wanted to have a baby, but we're worried that it's going to be born in April. Fine. And they're like, don't worry, we can just get you it probably, shot out You probably now. tell me that every year as well. Uh, right, are we ready to... Um, do you want to talk about this week's Coronation Street? 
Yeah, well, we haven't got nothing else to do. Do it. Right, so into street talk. And as I, as I just said, the fact that we've been had a rather busy week this week has also impacted my notes because I've almost put everything all into one story this week. Almost everything. Because I know. I thought, is this linked to this story? Is this all the same story? Yeah. And this this does generally kind of often happen around Christmas time, doesn't it? Push them all together. Put them all together and have them all intertwine and mingle and merge, which you said when we were watching it the other day that that is good storytelling, good plotting. I think so. I, I often find the stories that I enjoy the most are the ones that bring together lots of different storylines yeah. all together and it yeah it's, it's obviously a lot more complicated and it takes a lot more planning to do it like that but when they are able to it's quite satisfying to watch well the fact that the, the, i guess the reason this week that this happened is because we've had this whole who done it thing and because there's this so wide list of suspects then almost anything that any of those characters have done in the past week we thought oh we've got to include that just in case that's part of the story even if it's not really related to it so i've got the the the, smug scottish hit as we called it last week along with the raise race to raise the place but i mean tied to chucked in there as well i mean there's peter and carla stuff there's shona trapped in the bistro with simon because he's still got something to do with it because of that paint can he had and I wouldn't rank I wouldn't um I wouldn't um I wouldn't rule discount him, him I wouldn't rule him out as a suspect for the the, the bonking on the head either uh there, there's tons in this story and because Gemma is you know on the edge of consciousness right now yeah I really am <laughs> due to her not having you know how much sleep do you reckon you've had over the past three or four days Six, seven, eight hours total, maybe, or maybe you're in double digits know, if I you're lucky. Right. Um, I'll take the, the the duties of synopsizing that one. Then we've got the Paul story, and I've got a new storyline title for this, just for this week, Jim. Well, I don't know if it's this week. You know, he's in a call centre. It's called the story Better Call Paul. Mm-hmm. Little chuckle from Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> like Better Call Saul, you get it. Then we have a bit of the Jeffrey story. Um, which is, you know, it seems to be winding itself down now. Elaine seems to be maybe sticking around, which is lovely. Um, we'll see what they've got up to then. And then we have got what is hoping to be the feel-good story of the Christmas period, Imran and Toya getting approved for fostering. Going to have a little, oh, little kitty, no aren't they? Maybe a little baby, a Batters BB baby. Um, so we maybe all, they're going to foster a... Maybe they're all making Foster an old man. Foster somebody who needs shielding. Foster somebody who needs to be walked to the vaccination clinic. Oh, yeah. Do you want to say about that quickly? Our little well, adventures this afternoon. We, Sorry, we'll get to Corrie in a minute. There's one, there's, from the motorway, there's one main, main road that leads to the city centre near our house. And you really can't avoid this road. You have to use it to get in and out of the city. And we have to cross this road um, in, a, in the car to get to my parents' house, which we did earlier today. And when we did... The road was completely snarled up and this was like the middle of the Saturday afternoon. I was like, why is this? Like, it, sometimes it gets busy, but this was standstill traffic and that never happens. Mm. And I was like, what's going on? So I looked down the road and there were all these people in yellow jackets. I was like, this is, looks like an event is going on or something. This is ridiculous. Who's having an event during a pandemic? This is very irresponsible. And so I got really curious. And when we got back home, we went for a walk to go and have a nosy. And they've, there's a, a, a doctor's surgery on this main road and they'd set up a big triage tent in yeah, the like a marquee, marquee in in the 
um, where you would park your car normally. <laughs> and so people were arriving. There was a man who'd like stopped dead in traffic and it, to, to let his elderly father out, I assume, um, because there was nowhere to park. And so we, everybody had to wait for this poor old man to get out of the car, um, obviously a bit shaky on his feet, while um, the, the guy got out of his car to help him. And there was a lady there, like a volunteer, but it's really badly organised. But it was really nice to see everybody, all, all the old people going to get their vaccinations. It was. I've never seen quite so many octogenarians all in one place. It was like a last of the summer wine fest or something, wasn't it? Was, it? it was silly because there's nowhere to park, like... They were parking in the community centre across the road. There's like a little parallel road that doesn't go anywhere that you could go into, but nobody was going in there. They literally were stopping on the main road. And like there's shops up the road um, and I saw a couple walking from there, from the shops they parked to walk down. And he looked so unsteady on his feet. Yeah. I asked him if he wanted a wheelchair, but he said he was all right. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and I asked them what's going on and the, the one of the volunteers was like I don't know <laughs> she, she said the police wouldn't help them they weren't the traffic police wouldn't, wouldn't want to know mm. and so they were basically just all these volunteers just doing their best to try to um, manage the situation yeah anyway that was but like, anyway I'm that, glad that's I'm glad why. the old people are getting their vaccinations first because I want to be one when I grow up and yes. so we should take care of them <laughs> Back to Coronation Street. Well, we haven't even started Coronation Street. This is the beginning of it, really. But this Monday is, that morning. historical. That's a historical note. That is, that is. They're going to they're gonna use that as evidence. As it's a, as a, as it's very exciting that this, this is happening so much quicker than we had hoped. Mm-hmm. So, we last left Adam Barlow passed out on the bistro floor oh, Friday last face. week. Chips, chips and a pile of blood going cold. And and this wasn't a small little bit of blood, was it? I mean, he didn't, you know, just need a plaster on Monday morning. This looked like he was leaking pints all over the place yep. in the bistro. But um, he's still alive somehow on mon- on on Monday morning. It's I know hardy. it's supposed to be the next morning. They do. They make them of tough stuff up, up beyond the border, don't they? Well, I mean, the the Northerners think they're so tough and cool, but the the Scottish the, Scottish, the Scots think mm. they're Southerners. So how about that for a mind? <laughs> Um, screwing with your mind. Anyway, he's he's flat out on the bistro floor on Monday morning. Daniel's looking for him. Um, he goes to the solicitor's office. Yeah, he still office. hasn't been discovered at this point. No, he, he hasn't. Um, the cooling corpse on the floor. Yeah, and it, and it is like you know many hours later. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't know how he's supposed Everybody's to survive this. Everybody's had a bender like this, Michael, except for you. At least with like Pat Feeling got hit on the head. He wasn't you know swimming in his own blood afterwards, but. Oh, well. He's young, isn't he, old Adam? I know, you can brush these things off when you're... Maybe, maybe it was just tomato a sauce. A young lad. I mean, we don't been. know, we're assuming. It was very red to be blood. <laughs> Speaking of red stains, um, the solicitor's office has got liar cheat written over the front of it when Daniel oh, gets dear. there on Monday morning. Who could that be? So not only have we got a whodunit of who hit Adam Barlow, we've got a whodunit of who did the solicitors it's in. Like was American it the same Vandal. person? I don't know. Is that a little bit of a red herring? A red painted herring? Who knows? We have to wait and see because we don't know by the end of this week the answer to one of those at least. Peter, meanwhile, is stumbling back to the pub. We last saw him passed out on the bench on Friday night um, after he'd gone off, uh, fallen off the wagon again. He's blaming Carla for him getting drunk. He's refusing any help from her and she notices when he takes his jacket off he's got a red stain on his top. And immediately I thought, okay, I think, I think that they're trying to... 
um, deflect us to here. No, I, I thought, I bet that's actually red paint. I bet he was the one that painted on the solicitor's door, which well, obviously really, isn't... as soon as I saw he had red blood or red stain on his top, I thought, well, it's not him. I know, they... They like whenever to throw on these murder, obvious clues. It's just not a murder to, mystery, but whenever you watch a mystery story and within the first few minutes after the body's discovered, you see some really incriminating evidence of somebody, you're like, well, not them then. Yeah, and to be fair, I think that Peter Barlow was, you know, too inebriated to have been able to have really you know, whacked and wheel, well, wielded this weapon. I don't think he weapon. honestly could have crapped up on... Although Adam no. did have his head in his hands, he might have been asleep himself. Mm. Anyway, we'll get we'll get to our theories in the end. We need to say what happened first. So that's that's what Peter is doing. He says he doesn't know whose blood it was at first, but it's not his. Carla is worried about him, but he doesn't care. He says, "Look, you drop the privilege of worrying about me when you drop your knickers for Adam." Rude. Carla is groveling away, oh, but so he won't pathetic. forgive it. Carla was utterly pathetic this week. I'm sorry, Carla. You need to. Yeah, what has become of you, girl? I know. She was just sniveling and oh, Peter, sobbing you're the best and thing weeping that's ever and begging and pleading. It's like, he, he, he's not that much of a catch, love. He spent the night on a bench. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's no angel either, is he? I mean, he's just as unfaithful as, as she has in the past. It's, I, I just is, really, I, I, felt, I felt so bad for Carla's character. She's already been kicked down the last few years, but this is just that out of a misery. Peter is really enjoying reveling and being the victim at the moment. Yeah, he so I think, is. I think in a way, because his power's been stripped of him by this revelation that he never thought he would have, he's kind of trying to take back that control over his situation by big becoming the victim, like on his own terms rather than on her terms. Yeah. Because she's like made made him a vi- a victim of adultery, but now he's become mm. a victim of alcoholism instead yeah yeah um everybody wins Faye meanwhile who I don't know whether we even discussed her as a potential suspect last week but she's certainly looking a little bit guilty this week for various reasons she has decided that she is quitting the bistro um obviously after her little um uh, meeting of minds with Ray last week. <laughs> meeting of minds. <laughs> this is a family podcast. She yeah. tells Sally and Tim that I'm not working there anymore. They think that's great. Um, and Sally, this is when she also finds out from Kevin about Debbie being in on the whole redevelopment thing with Ray. Speaking of which, he and Debbie arrive at the bistro at last, six, seven scenes into the episode and find our poor Scottish victim lying there on the floor. You don't need to floor. keep reminding everyone know. that he's from Scotland. I know. Corrie's made me do it. Can't mention Adam without saying nationality is bad. So he gets. Because he has no other distinguishing features. Obviously. None at all. No. None at all. Um, an ambulance takes him away. He's got beautiful eyes or anything. <laughs> Daniel breaks the news to Sarah, who's looking quite concerned. Is she looking concerned? Is she looking guilty? I don't like, know. I don't care. Gary's also there looking very brooding. As if maybe he did it. Not sure. I, I don't know whether I. No, I don't think it was his. I got. I've, I've read a good. Gary. No, I've read a good theory about him. I'll tell you later. Oh. Um, Debbie gets barred from the cafe from Nina. Sally comes in as a by Nina. Sorry, Sally comes as another go at Debbie as well. But Debbie is still not ashamed of this. She says she's just talking about the fact this redevelopment is good for the area. What are you going to do about it? It's you know development up development. So it's, um, she says, look, Sally, you're just annoyed that, you, you know, he didn't well, say your house. the thing is, 
if you've invested a considerable amount of time and money in it into a project that really is of intrinsically no it's not like a morally bankrupt thing to do is it no. to to build flats so despite what uh, what the residents of Coronation Street might have you think she's not doing anything wrong no so yeah she's not going she's not going to back down and, and crawl away with the tail between her legs she's got too much time and money invested in it to to do that mm. But she's, I think she's barking up the wrong tree. She thinks she can win these guys over. Well, this is what she tries to do this yeah. week, doesn't she? She tries to take the lead in this because she realises that nobody wants to do business with, what did Abby call him? Sex nut or whatever. Sex case. Sex case. Remember, right. in life, Michael, this is a lesson that I'm going to give to you now as a wise older woman. Mm. You can make money. Nine months, my senior. You can make money or you can make friends. <laughs> you can do what you do and make a podcast. It doesn't get you either. Excuse me. <laughs> um, Debbie then goes to see Gary about selling the factory because remember he's he's pulled out of this and um, he's he's not interested. You can't convince him. Factory's not for sale. Definitely not to your pervy business partner. He says. Mm. Meanwhile, at the hospital, Sally is talking to a detective. I think it's this guy that we've seen before about a row yeah. that she had with Adam last night, and, and she says, "I want me that want me that bopped her on the head though." Yeah, we argued because yeah because he'd been having it off with Carla, but you go and see Peter because he has been wronged in this and I reckon it was definitely him. I would never hurt Adam, but maybe he would. Yeah. Um, and after the row we had last night, I went straight home, asked my brother David. What's that? Maria goes to see Gary in the shop. Um, his excuse at the moment is that he was just driving round when Adam was attacked. And she says, look, that's not a really solid story, really, is it? And he says, you're right. Can you be my alibi, please? And at this moment, I thought... Oh, that is the weirdest Valentine's card she's ever got. What? <laughs> alibi, not Valentine. I thought, I bet Maria will. She's so dumb. She's so bend over backy. She's so compliant, but actually she didn't. She ended up standing up to her, didn't she? And um, for, for a little bit, at least. Um, Carla is telling Peter about Adam next. He doesn't seem too bothered about it. He's going out. And she says, look, was this Adam's blood on your top? He says, no, if you must know, it was some drunk guy on the red wreck and the blood was from a broken bottle. Um, and he he was, what was his story? It was something like he... He was trying to help a drunk guy out and the bottle got smashed and I don't know it uh, uh, when I when he first said it I didn't know whether I didn't know whether to believe him or not or why he hadn't mentioned it earlier there was also the fact that his blood was on the inside of his jacket it was like on his t-shirt or something I thought so it's like if, yeah, you're, if you're out on the red wreck at night you'd probably be a bit cold and have your jacket zipped up but I don't know I, I think at this stage I probably do believe this story uh, but it's not me he has to convince it's the uh, police and uh, detective turns up later to talk to Peter so it turns out that Adam what ails him is he has a skull fracture and bruising on the brain and he's being put into an induced coma um, Daniel Ken and Sarah are the ones that are sitting around his bedside most of this week. They all reckon that Peter done it. Though Daniel says, well, you know, Sarah's got a motive too. And if if Carla wasn't the character who wound me up the most this week, it may well have been Daniel as a close second choice. He was insufferably smug and petty and um, high and mighty and basically hypocritical. He's always been like that. I think he's always been a bit of a smug little git. I just think that the fact that, you know, last time we had a who done it, it was him who done it. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And he's... Talk about like, glass and, houses. And really, I really, I really wish it had been alluded to or referenced in some way. Like, I don't remember if it was or not, but... I, I don't think it really was. liked him to be sitting there going, I know what it's like when you snap a, about when a loved one treats you and what you know what I mean yeah I was just what well, every, every time he opened his mouth this week Daniel I just wanted him to shut up and and this is the character that generally I I fairly quite like well, yeah. uh, I don't love him and he's not done this is the trouble this is what happens when they have to deal with a character that's grieving or they need to yeah the same thing kind of happened with Roy almost like they to 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 depict grief in a you know honest way the character just has to be really miserable and sad for like a year but i think i think and and, and I, yeah i agree with you there's there's a hypocrisy that that so is and he is to, certainly not, not whiter than white i don't even mind it when characters like that because everyone i i honestly i don't believe any like people who think they're not a hypocrite about something are fooling themselves. Everybody, like modern life, makes everyone into hypocrites. It's unavoidable. But I don't mind. I don't mind a hypocrite. But what I do want to see is them being told that they're a hypocrite and ha- being having to face their hypocrisy head on. And nobody really told him to shut up and mind his own goddamn business. Mm. And I really wish they had. I mean, I cut into the chase. I I wasn't a really a big fan of this week's coronation street. I think you were into it more than me. The Who Done It. Is feeling a little bit, you know. Don't say anything bad about the Who Done It. It kind of is a bit Who Done It by numbers. Um, I don't care what you say. And do you think Agatha Christie sat there without a little like a bag of names and things for each of her plots and just drew them out? And went, oh yeah, it's butler again. <laughs> who Done It's for dummies? No, I just think that it's kind of oh, it's very it's kind of very standard and people. You know, Getting these clues put on them, and it's yeah, obviously not like, them. But the main thing of it is, is everybody seemed to just be being nasty to each other yeah, this know, week. Yeah. Every, I, I can't think of. I mean, I'll, I'll probably, you know, as we get there, there yeah, are right. very few characters where it's like you, you would, you had a good time this week. You had, you were just loving life this week in Coronation Street. You, you were, yeah. Everybody was either miserable, crying, <laughs> angry, <laughs> smarmy hypocritical it's nasty just mean to each other yeah almost everybody was and the closest that we got from a smile from most characters might have been you know a, a smug smirk when they thought that they had got one over somebody else and and i'm you know I, i've got no problem usually with the dark stuff on coronation street but i i really felt this week it could have done with a little bit more happiness and niceness and, and lovingness which is why i'm really holding out a lot of hope for the imran and toya stuff next week because i think that's likely i hope to be my little my haven of happiness during the presumable christmas misery and i, I hope i'm wrong because this year we, we've said we want it to be a happy christmas on weatherfield but with this story now you know coming front and center it's i don't know anyway i i digress so um where did i get to having a go at daniel um johnny and jenny are back at the rovers and asking carla if she suspects peter of um, whacking daniel she says no um and this is this didn't make sense this is when jenny's got the washing um in the basket 
Remember, she's, she's got the laundry oh, basket. Oh, yeah, and it's so like... Your, 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 not your husband. Your boyfriend comes home with some blood on his top after somebody who you, who you had previously had um, a bit of an argument with has turned up bloodied on the floor of the local hostelry. Why would you just chuck it in the laundry for, you know, your landlady to come and find? And... It was there on the top of the pile. Yep. That's, I mean, the fact that Carla just threw it away casually is one thing, but the fact that it was there Jenny on the top of the not, laundry pile and Jenny didn't notice it. Jenny would not have been able to avoid seeing because it's it was red on white it, and your eye would automatically... It wasn't subtly done, was it? It was. It might, have, it might as well have had, you know, flashing neon lights and a big arrow pointing towards it saying, look at this blood. Michael, just remember, the only thing that people ever find on the top of a pile in a reliable fashion is a pregnancy test. <laughs> If Peter had had a pregnancy test, a positive pregnancy test, she would have laser visioned her way <laughs> straight to it. But, oh, it was, it was but silly. because it was blood, she's like, nothing to see here. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Johnny and Jenny completely yeah, missed that. They completely luckily missed for it. Carla. And then Carla's like, oh, I'll, I'll do the laundry. Don't worry. If I was Jenny, I'd say, no, you're not doing my laundry. You don't even know how to cook toast. <laughs> <laughs> you flood the you kitchen. You're terrible at domestic chores because <laughs> you think it makes you a more cool woman. Carla, Carla probably doesn't know that the washing machine exists. She probably just... I'll put, I'll put all the dirty clothes in this basket and then, you know, a few days a later, comes. suddenly they turn they turn up folded up and clean on the end of my bed. Who do you think does that for her then? <laughs> I mean, the, thing, the other thing about Carla and Peter at the moment, I believe they are both technically homeless. I'm waiting for them to find a permanent lodging. Because when After people they were... talk about the homelessness epidemic, it's very easy to imagine that, that your people are talking about people living on the streets with nowhere, you know, with the duvets, you know, wrapped up cold. But homelessness is many different forms. And, and one of them is not having any fixed abode and sort of couch surfing, which is kind of what Carla and Peter are really doing. It feels like as a, a couple, like, you know, uh, uh, as well-established, I suppose. High as, And high profile, exactly, as Carla and Peter. They shouldn't just be bumming off Johnny and Jenny. I, I guess they've formed weird. a bubble with them. I know, but... I find it very weird that they're... I mean, because at least, at least in the situation of... Toya and Imran, where you've got a, a couple who really shouldn't be cohabiting with anybody else because of their, like, social status and their money, like, money, the money coming in. Um, at least they're the ones sort of subletting to somebody else, whereas Carla and Peter, really, both, both you know, I would have thought they would have the resources to, to get somewhere to live. I don't think that they, that either of them would n- not be able to get money to to live mm. i mean what happened to bloody carla's beard oil side business she was supposed <laughs> to be running for bertie's inheritance tell you what she ain't I, doing that what, in the kitchen what is they she? need is a massive block of flats just building nearby and no, then all these people that are being the lodgers of all the other characters it. they said they've got somewhere to live now high rise sorted low rent michael <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what she proposes. <laughs> that. Speaking of which, the the rabble raisers had a little meeting at Speed Dial, which is um, it seems to be used the more as a meeting place. or party What's, spot. I guess the I guess the community centre than... is not wide enough. I don't. It's quite mini, isn't it? Because they they've got to accommodate the actors 
being able to distance as well as the characters. We got got to keep remembering. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't remember the last time that speed dial actually I think served a curry. Somebody's just gone out there with a measurement and realised that that's the only set oh, that everybody nice can set. fit on. Yeah. Well, they can't do it at the bistro, can they? Because that's Ray's home turf. And, uh, I don't he'd think he'd the host advantage. them, would he? <laughs> they're, they're meeting to discuss the next steps. What, what has Ray actually done wrong here that we can make stick? Don't know. Gary comes in and he says, right, I think you're right. Ray caused the sinkhole and I think that I can prove it. What's he going to do? I don't know. We'll find out in a bit, I think. I can't remember. What did he do? He anyway. went and asked the guy who wasn't there anymore. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't Stroke he? Stroke a genius, Gary. What, what next? What's your next plan? <laughs> Ask Jeff. Um, this is the point where Debbie tells Ray, you need to take a step back. Nobody likes you. Let me take charge, <laughs> please. Um, oh, I've heard that so many times. Nina. Oh, no. Then, Car- then Carla is in the factory talking to Nina, who, and she just wants to get rid of her, really, so that she can get to the cleaning trolley and get some bleach. Because, you know, rather than just burning Peter's top which was so effective when Jeff did it the other the other month she's like you know she's first tries to wash it then she tries to bleach it I thought that she what she was doing was mixing together different cleaning materials so she'd try and mustard gas herself to death but <laughs> she's no good at recipes is she maybe so that's work. why she was crying so much this week it didn't work <laughs> anyway she, that doesn't work whatever it was she was trying to do she ends up she's dumping like, it she's like why do the feminine arts elude me <laughs> she ends up dumping it in the bin the out the back of the factory which was it seemed to us, and I'm sure it wasn't a brand new set or anything, but I don't remember seeing the back of the factory before because they've no, had like no. down the side of it. And they've even had, I'm sure, angle. bins, yeah, from a different angle. But this was literally within the compound of Nuttall's Brewery because you could see the the gates just behind Carlo when she was yeah. dumping it. So I don't know. Do they? It, I, I found it a bit odd that I think they've Nuttalls just got that don't set. have a, a a fence that is. They literally share the same bins, do they? <laughs> Well, yeah, because they probably don't... They're probably, like, one fills up the recycling and one fills up the main one. Carla's probably out. That's why she wanted to go back working at the factory, so she could go and lick out the inside of the oh, bin on a lunch break, the lush. Bin juice. <laughs> yeah, boozy bin juice. <laughs> I, I wonder whether that set is been put there because we're going to have further stories involving Ray trying to develop the brewery mm. and... I mean, it would have been used for the Winter Wonderland last year, of course. Right. Um, but I, I think this is the first time that I noticed that the factory literally backs out that event, onto it. Those events were so horrifically tragic, Michael, that I don't remember. Alas, Derek. R.I.P. I, can, I can't go on how to I think you can get a nomination again. on the Conversation Street Awards. Might do. Um, Anyway, it feels to me that that's not the last we've seen of Peter's top because that seemed like the most ridiculous place to throw it. If you're going to throw away evidence, generally somebody will find it unless you see if the you bin lorry coming. you put it on the top coming. of a bin, they will. I mean, she should have got the bus, driven, gone... I mean, you couldn't do this because of COVID. Gone to, <laughs> gone to a completely different county and, like, I don't know, thrown it in a bin there. Yeah, it was... Um... Yeah, watch this space for that. And top, it wasn't I think. even her evidence to hide. I think the fact I, I'm wondering the whether the fact that it is in the brewery and things are going on in the brewery will somebody find it that I, I don't know anyway. Um, so Peter is telling his story to the detective at the station while all this is going on, and he is getting very frantic. He's got the shakes, his foot is jiggling away. He needs his alcohol fix, but obviously it's making it's him. It's making him look really guilty and worried and suspicious as well, isn't it? It's yeah. It's like he's his withdrawal or maybe yeah. something 
a bit more sinister well, the, has uh, been triggered in his biology. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the last thing that we've been told about Peter from a doctor is it, his next drink could be his last. If you drink it again, you will die. Maybe. Um, and he, he ends up leaving. And he, he says, look, go and see these other people. Well, he these, a load of questions. Here are the other like, suspects. Really look, I've just gone yeah. onto the ITV website. Here's the lineup. Look I'm only picture. one of them. Go and see them. And to be honest, it could be somebody else, actually. I think it's going to be one of those sorts of whodunits. Off you go. I need to leave. Um, Ray, meanwhile, finds Faye and wants to know, what are you playing at? Why have you, why you quit? You can't just up and leave. I thought we had a good time last week. I didn't try to rape you. I didn't hear you saying no. And then Maria, good for her, comes along and threatens to sort him out. And he probably what? thought his luck was in there for a little bit. But thought, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to do. <laughs> too, too old, Marie. You're in your thirties. Um, if he, yeah, if he doesn't do when she's going to sort him out. So she says, look, Faye. He's not a paedophile. No, he's, well, he'll, he'll he have anyone. Because he after Michelle. That's very true. Are you, are you saying that Michelle is an, the embodiment of youth? Michelle's that, not in her Can I just tell you, surely. Michael, that you might not realise it from her her youthful looks she looks but a maiden but her wise demeanor makes you realize <laughs> so wise, that Michelle. she is of of advanced years that's true that's true and <laughs> it was it was like how long ago was she in here say and don't forget, was 20 years ago blimey. don't forget like in sheer life experience she's like oh 103 <laughs> um so she says to Faye, Maria says, look, Faye, you've got to tell the police about Ray before Gary gets there first and kills him. But Faye is very, very hesitant about oh, this. She just know. wants to forget it ever happened. Um, Carla tells Peter that she's got rid of the top. He's mad because she doesn't believe him. And by doing this, she's made him look even more guilty. I know, because I she, he's like, you don't need to hide the evidence because I didn't do anything. It was anything. literally a T-shirt and with now, a drunk man's blood on it. Yeah, and now... Yeah, I can't prove now that that's not Adam's blood. Mm. I'm moving out, Peter says, and Carla's like, <laughs> no, I'll be back. No, I'll go. I suppose I'll, I'll leave my dad's house. I'll move out of my dad's house so you can live here because yeah. that won't be weird or awkward for anybody. Go and stay everybody. at Roy's. Um, Roy Sarah, says, oh, good. Sarah, towards the end of the episode, talks to David about speaking to the police. Um, and she's like, and anyway, I stayed in all night, remember? And then Harry pipes up. Remember Harry, her other son, yeah. Spawn of Callum? He said, and we did have to rewind this to see what he I said. Told, you again, told me. I told you, you told what he me, said. Because my ovaries told me, because I'm a woman and I can understand small children in the way Harry, that, that men can't. I think Harry needs elocution lessons. But good for him. It's nice that he had... Is this his first line ever? Well, Maybe. you're really criticising him for it. <laughs> he's not going to do it he's again. No, he's no, you know, Patrick Stewart... Um, Patrick Swayze Trevor McDonald uh, what? Is that Swayze he got a famous I, has he got a famous voice? I'm thinking I'm thinking about the, the great orators exactly Joanna Lumley yes you see anyway not bad for your first attempt Harry but basically he says I had you go out last night and Sarah's like shut no, up no you bloody didn't Harry why is this your first words you've ever said you <laughs> You traitorous cretin. Yeah, most, most children just say mama or daddy. Yeah, Why like, does yours have to be dropping me truck. in it? And everyone's like, oh, God. <laughs> red truck. Um, the detective comes round um, to see Maria and Gary, and Maria at last gives him his alibi. She had at one point said, no, I don't think so. But um, she is, she's now saying, yes, we had an early night and slept right through. So for the time being, That's whatever really he convincing. has been up to, um, he seems to be in the clear. Wednesday, 
Sarah, Daniel and Ken still back around Adam's bedside. Um, Daniel is being uh, Castile Gill being a petty asshole to Sarah and saying, oh, you need to stop the weeping widow act. He's been bloody crying all year. But he's actually a weep. He's, he's oh, no, the, they're both widows. Well, he's he, a widower. She's nearly, she's nearly one. He's He's been the one that was responsible for the toilet roll shortage and... and um, Weatherfield, never mind COVID, it's all the tissues has been crying through I know. because of if, if she were to do the equivalent of what he did, she'd wait and she would have waited until he was in his deathbed to go <laughs> off and snog um shag somebody else. Yeah. She's bloody Debbie and ass. Abby having another argy bargy session on the street. Abby reveals that once upon a time, last year, Ray tried to blackmail me into sex. Remember, they went to the hotel room and he was like saying, he tried to... He's she, like, she you was, can have anything out of a minibar. What, it, what <laughs> happened? It was like, didn't he... I don't remember. She, I think it was after he'd bought the uh, the garage and he's like, come to the hotel oh, yeah. with me and maybe I'll change my mind. And then she's ready. She's She would go through oh, with yeah. it. And then he goes, no, not really. I just no, wanted I to see like if you would. You. Uh. Um, so yeah, Ab- Debbie now knows Girls that she didn't know cuties. already just what a nasty piece of work he is. Ken finds Peter skulking. Well, you in know the hosp- what Debbie says: lads yeah. will be lads. Ken finds Peter skulking in the hospital car park later. He wants to come and see if Adam's okay, but he's obviously very nervous about going in. Ken well, has- also doesn't want to see him. Yeah, Ken is still not convinced that Peter's. Not just here to finish the job. Yeah, and says, I know. Yeah, you like, how go. do I know you won't kill him? It's like, okay, yeah, fair enough. We are in a safe. I might have. I might do that. You've literally, you've literally left him alone in a room with Sarah, who definitely could have done it, and Daniel, mm. who really has got form for clonking relatives over their head. Yeah, you need to get back in there. All quick, you need um, is for a couple of them to go off to get a coffee together, and there, there'll be a murder. There will a murder. Yeah, murder. Gary reckons that he's got the sinkhole bloke on his side and he's going to reveal how Ray made it, uh, how, how he and Ray made the sinkhole together at this... What was the meeting in Speed Dial? It was a let's convince the residents actually the block of flats are a all right really meeting that Debbie's putting together. Yeah. I, yeah. So Gary's, Gary's got this all sorted, so he's all going to be fine. Shona, meanwhile, enter Shona into the story. She's friends with Simon, remember everybody, which is still no less weird than it was a couple of weeks ago in my mind. Um, they're basically... She she puts a foot in it with him by speaking very bluntly about how everybody thinks his dad was the one that whacked Adam on the head. Peter sees Simon later, and I think the last time they'd seen each other was... Was it the previous night when Adam had seen Peter in the park and found out uh, and seen him drunk again and peter's like saying oh sorry simon i won't screw up again I'll, i didn't do this to adam though and simon simon believes him and is that because he trusts his dad or is it because he knows exactly who did hit adam over the head and it was mm. him but just the way that he delivered that line there like i know you didn't do it dad yeah it felt like it could have been more and so it felt, the simon it, it theory felt, is still alive and strong it, the thing is it felt Less like a declaration of solidarity and more like a, well, I know you didn't do it because mm. dot, mm. dot, dot. Yeah, I wonder if it'd be interesting if, like, it was more than one person. Like, imagine if, say, Orient Faye... Uh, yeah, exactly. If Faye and Simon and, you know, one other twist. had got together and they all did it together and they just maybe haven't put those characters in a scene together yet, <gasps> but eventually they'll have they'll them all meet together in a room and say, blimey. Turning yeah, up yeah. the heat, aren't they? Good job on that murder. Anyway, Peter has a go at Sarah as she walks past. Hitch. 
<laughs> Meeting of the rabble rousers and right, right, Ray right, right, and right, Debbie. Right, right, right. It all starts. Turns out that this pipe guy has we gone a well, and Ray hints A-well. that he paid him to scarper. Debbie tells Ray, stop winding them up. It's not yeah, making it any isn't. easier for us. We're trying to get them on our side, remember? I don't think that she needs them on her side. But she, but she's, by this point, starting to feel guilty, isn't she? Yeah, because she feels guilty and she also wants to be liked. She wants to be liked and she wants Kevin to forgive her. So yeah. she's trying to, you know, rebuild these everything. burnt bridges here. Exactly, smooth things over. And she just wants Ray to shut up because he's just enjoying smugging it over the whole of... Um, the whole of the anti-flat committee, which, to be honest, is still not very many people, is it? There's, like, three or four characters that have really got a massive problem with this block of flats that are being built. They really hate flats for some reason. They're like, I don't want to play for service charge. Brian, Roy, Gary, Abby. Is there anybody else I can't remember? Yeah. Thank you, your, your concerns have been noted, but... Everyone else seems okay with it, so we're still going to build these if that's okay with yeah. you. David, of course. If we well. if we stopped every development because a, a crowd, a cr- <sighs> inverted comma, crowd of five people turned up to complain, <laughs> never get anything we, done. We literally would still be living in thatch cottages. <laughs> um, Maria, what tell- do you want these fancy stairs for? What's wrong with living on one level? <laughs> Maria sees Sarah later and says, "I've told the police that I was with Gary all night." Sarah's like, "Hmm." because she saw Gary on the night it happened, it later turns out. Debbie has got a plan B, she reveals. Um, and this is a surprise to everyone, including Ray. Yeah, this was bad. This was a bad plan. Is that what the B stands for? Yeah. <laughs> plan bad. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it seems like it's, it's you know, it, what was it? She's not no. going to, it involves not having to... Yeah knock down the factory because Gary's still resolutely saying you're not having my factory thank you very much this cabin is safe and all those buildings around there it just involves knocking down the masonettes and the brewery obviously yeah but it seems like here's how I will compromise and please nobody Mm. All, all of the properties that they already own handily they can still knock down and build a pretty nice set of flats up there maybe they just can't have you know and yet another branch of Costa outside the front where the right, where the cabin is now. But anyway, this this is what we could do, said Debbie. And to be honest, we don't need your permission. Yeah. But Ray is there behind her going, hang on a minute. I didn't know anything about this. Um, I, I don't, I, yeah, you can't just change I'm it. the boss here. Yeah, I've got investors as well. Yes, exactly. And they're not going to be happy because they've signed up for plan A, which stands for ACE because it's the best plan. Gary is summoned to the furniture shop by Sarah, who says, I saw you last night. You said you were supposedly at home with Maria, but I saw you skulking around outside. Why do you need your wife to lie for you? Dum, dum, dum. That's the break time cliffhanger on Wednesday. Um, And Gary says, well, actually, if you saw me, what were you doing? Because it means that you weren't inside all evening as well. And Sarah fires back at him saying, yeah, well... You killed Rick Nealon and buried him under the under the woods, so yeah. Yeah. Gary is left looking very angsty again because that's the second time in a week that somebody who knows his deep dark secret has threatened to reveal it to everybody or, or reminded him that he's got other issues going on here. Um Yeah, where are we up to? Peter returns to the rovers later. Simon is in the middle of having a go at Carla for all of this. Carla got a bag packed and just sobs off in a 
flood of tears. She might as well. She, I'm surprised she wasn't swimming out of the rovers. The amount of liquid that was uh, emanating from her ocular sockets um, as she leaves the rovers. Are you still awake to this, Gemma? I'm, just, I'm turning around every so often and looking at Gemma, and those eyes are closed for a long I time. I can hear a weird blob noise. Can you, is, can you hear that? Or is it me falling asleep? I think you're dreaming. I keep hearing like a... About blobs. Blob? There are no blobs around here. Keep awake, Greta, Gemma, because I don't remember everything that happened, and I might need you to help me here, because on Wednesday, this I is when we... I need a coffee break in a minute. We can have a coffee break after we finish the story. Uh, I This was... Um, Wednesday, we ended up watching this episode about midnight because this was after we'd just been spending hours and hours and hours tidying the house, just in the early stages on Wednesday, considering that we finished it at 12 o'clock today. And um, yeah, hours I was... And hours and hours I wasn't hours. particularly enjoying this episode and, and I was I was falling a bit of a sleep while I was Nobody wants this. to hear us crying about how tired we and are. We're, there are we're as bad as Carla. Pandemic. We're just moan, right moan, now. whinge, moan. People um, on the front lines fighting against coronavirus <laughs> where they're going, oh, I had to wipe down the sides. Anyway, Carla's gone off times, to The same sides because it was raining today. The cat kept going outside and coming back in and getting muddy paws over everything. Yeah, she's So maybe to... that will change your perspective. Yeah, she if just you doesn't want to move. just doesn't want to move. Ray tells Debbie, I don't do plan Bs. I've got, she's, he's got no time, Every no time desire. they said plan B, I just kept thinking of the, the, or the morning after pill. Is that what it is? He's like, I don't do plan B. That's why I've got <laughs> 10 bastards all the way around Manchester. <laughs> um, he's got no desire or time or will or anything to pay for another planning permission well, here. Well, no, of course. I make all the decisions. We're sticking with plan A. I'm the boss, Debbie. Well, yeah, literally, her main reason to say, let's do plan B, is that plan A is going to hurt people's feelings. Mm. Who, why would it, why would Ray Well, it's also the that? fact that um, they... They well, can't she wants to get, save the garage. She, she wants, wants to, to save the garage. And the fact, Gary's not, not willing to sell no, the, the, ca- no. the factory. The cabins... I think they should have a discussion that basically they can do what they like because they can force them to sell. But Did it they? costs more money. That's, I got the impression that it literally didn't make any difference to them whether they sold or not. It just costs more money to get them to cough up. So from Ray's perspective, he's either... He's going to pay more money either way Plan A, he he pays extra money to force them out. Plan B, he gets half of what he wanted and pays them more money. Mm. Doesn't make any sense. No, she she's really she's really for somebody that's supposedly a shrewd businesswoman. <laughs> the likes of of Karen Brady level. She was called Karen, wasn't she this week? I thought she was being called Karen because she was being a Karen, but apparently Karen is a, a, a term of endearment. She's been called all sorts. What was the other Annie Lennox? Is my favourite Debbie Webster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Karen Brady in the UK is a businesswoman who was like... She was on, on the, the Apprentice. Well, yeah, like, the, you guys know what The Apprentice is, don't you? What? American. <laughs> yes, I certainly do. Um, so, Daniel um, ends up realising that maybe Sarah didn't do it earlier, uh, later on, sorry, because he catches her sobbing away by Adam's bedside. He says, sorry for accusing you earlier, but, you know... Everyone's a suspect, aren't well, they? He's such a bloody... It's a Daniel, yeah? Yeah. He's such a bloody soft-touch, stupid, namby-pamby, backy-down... Like, if you really think... <laughs> Criticise him for having a go no, at her. Criticise her for backing down. I've always said this. Have the courage of your convictions, right? If he was so riled up that he really thought that she bashed her husband's head in 
And then he finds her crying and he immediately is like, women only cry because they're sad. She must have definitely not done it. Couldn't she be crying because, like, she's upset that she, she nearly killed him? And, and or, like, crying because he's not dead? Has <laughs> he got no imagination? He's supposed to have imagination. He's... I mean, that's very Shakespearean, really, isn't it, Daniel? Have you not read any of those? <laughs> they are plays, though. They're not poems. Um... They say, who could hate Pete, uh, Adam enough to do this to him? Uh, cut to Simon and Peter, who are having kind of bondy scenes over how much they hate Carla together. But the interesting thing in that say, scene is Simon saying, oh, I really want to kill Carla right now. And Peter jokes that the copper is going to be after him next. And Simon gives a bit of a Ooh, sort of I look. I hope not. I hope the police don't come to me because I've got a secret. Um mm. And then, oh, I, I, this is another thing that I hated on Wednesday's episode. I didn't hate it oh, all. Go on, tell me. I did not like, and I felt it was completely unnecessary. Oh, what? The beep, beep, oh no, Daniel's, uh, Adam's life support oh, yeah. machine. He's, he's going go into cardiac arrest. Everybody rush in, save him. Just for the fact that there was a break coming up. And uh, I've, at no point during that time did I think, oh no, he's, he's, I hope he didn't. Die, that, or if he does die, whatever die. is he gonna die? It was literally just that uh, we need to have some kind of drama before the break, so it didn't work on me, Corey. Show, uh, Shona, um, oh yeah, this is where this is where we find out that Simon, where we don't know at the moment whether he was the one that um that did uh that caved Adam's head in, but we do know that he was the one that painted on the solicitor's door because I he comes out it. the back of the rovers looking dodgy as and then for the sake of the camera, opens up his bag. He's like, ooh, look, I have got some paint in my bag. What will I do? Why has he still got it there? I don't know. Okay, he should have... Because he, he tried to throw it into the, the, the factory bin, and he's like, oh, there's some blood in here. <laughs> this is just full of bloody garments. Yeah, so he's got it there. So he put, tries to put it in the um, bin out the back of the Rovers, which, again, probably not the best place to put your evidence. I mean, the, the, the Weatherfield bobbies are missing so many tricks here. Literally, the, the entire street is littered with evidence. Oh, well, there's so many things that have been thrown away, like Jeff's camera. They, they've probably got a, like a special special section at the tip at Weatherfield that, as a. If you got evidence, special evidence. Can you put it department. in the evidence locker, aka the landfill. <laughs> um, anyway, Shona catches him. She thinks that he's actually smuggling booze out of the pub, though. He's like, yeah. He goes along with this, and then, then he starts having to moan at her about Carla as well. Um, oh yeah, what I really like this week, and I don't know whether this is enough to make him my character of the week, because he wasn't really in it much apart from this, was um, Roy having a go at Simon. That was great, wasn't it? He got Simon proper gets a proper off. told off. He's, uh, he, he's, he goes to the cafe, doesn't he, where Carla's there, and he starts having a go at her. And starts being belligerent, little what does, turd. What does, um, what does Roy say Stop to him? Stop being a belligerent, little turd. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Which is great. I think I think if more people had told Simon that in the past, he wouldn't have turned out He's the way he has. He's never heard the word no in his life. Um, more Apart sobbing from Sarah like, later. Said, is my rabbit Leanne still alive? Oh, oh poor no. Leanne. More sobbing Sarah, who blames herself for letting Gary and Rick come between her and Adam. She says, I need to go and put things right. So what she does, she goes to the hospital telephone booth and she only goes and dobs Gary in for the killing of Rick Nealon and burying his body in the woods. Anonymously, of course. But that was a great cliffhanger at the end of Wednesday's episode. Yep. Finally, this could come to light. But then it doesn't really on Friday, does it? 
Oh, by the way, <laughs> Debbie also goes round to number 13 to try and put things right with Kevin, but he's still not interested. Yeah, I was really thinking... Like, uh, but a lot of Wednesday's episodes, like, oh, I'm feeling about this, and it's kind of 12 o'clock at night. But then when Sarah picks up the phone at the end of the episode, I did not know that that was going to happen. I thought, oh, brilliant. I what is going to have? They're going to be going to the woods on Friday. They're going to be digging up the body. Yeah. What's going to happen? But all we got was a couple of newspaper headlines, wasn't it? Saying, I know, Police are hunting I in the know. woods for the body. I wanted her to pick the phone up and go, I know where the bodies are buried on the street. <laughs> this is a little tribute. Yeah. Um, so she, that's on the front cover of the newspaper on Friday. Sarah's having a look at it, thinking, oh, did I do the right thing? This is, this is one of those moments when, again, the time of Weatherfield, is, like, is this the next morning? How did the newspapers find out about it to make it front page news the very next day after really it was reported journalism. to the police last night? I mean, Ken oh, left such a legacy past, of amazing journalism in Weatherfield. And don't forget, we know Sarah doesn't age. Very true. Yeah. Oh. Nina is on her high horse about Simon laying into Carla also. That was quite fun. Ray's being a smug get towards David and Shona um, about... <sighs> The house, I'm guessing. Um, and and quite handily for plot purposes, he drops his keys, which clatter noisily onto the cobbles, but he doesn't realise. He's like, I don't need those, I can buy more, I'm rich. And then he gets in his car and um, somehow drives Shona away. Shona does spot it, though, and uh, helps herself to them, um, later letting herself into the bistro with Simon, just so they can go and raid the booze together. I was really... I'm still not sure about Simon and Shona. He's he's only 17. The whole time they're together, I'm like, is she going to molest him? I know. I don't want her to molest him. I don't want it to go there because this is too complicated. Well, I, I am thinking it's, it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility, especially with Daisy you know, trying to make a play for David in today's episode as well. I, I've got a, a feeling that they're... How old is Simon? Simon is 17. He's 18 so in July. Actually, I looked this up today. It's not actually illegal. It's just icky. It is just icky, yeah. So I I, I've, I don't know what order it's going to happen in. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe Simon and Shona are going to end up no, in bed together or something. It's wrong. And then David's going to go on the rebound to Daisy. That's what I'm thinking. I, I, I don't, don't like, like that it. idea. I don't... I, I really want to know now. I want to know now. We do have the plot synopsis Are up they until going the middle to get of together? Because I... If not, I would actually really like to enjoy this quite weird and quirky friendship. It is. It is. It's quite but, nice and innocent at the moment. And I really the hate the fact that every single kind of adult befriending a child story is tinged with sinister undertones which are completely inescapable because i know adults can be friends with children uh, or not friends but you know i know that there can be relationships between them that are not family ties yeah. that you know and are not, not at all dodgy yeah and, and obviously shona's shona's struggling with her own i just yeah. don't i just look don't at, like it look at look at todd and his mate will Lovely. with the drama gcse Absolutely gorgeous relationship. It's sort of the thing. It sort of reminds me of Good Night, Mr. Tom. But then I'm also wondering, like, what's going to happen there? Anyway, um, we're not on that story. Brian sees Bernie. Yeah, because he's he. Even though he's just presumably been selling these gazettes all morning, it's not until he sees Bernie walking down <laughs> the street that goes, "Hang on a minute, there was that story that we had six months ago." 
when we, me and her were digging up the woods together with that metal detector. I wonder if any of this is linked. So Ryan's he... like, listen, love, I don't read them, I just sell them. <laughs> so he goes and tells Bernie, you've got to let the police know about this whole watch situation. And what that situation was... What was it? This was this was literally the first week back of filming after lockdown, wasn't it? Where they, they were presumably going to go and be digging up Rick and all sorts. But all that really happened is we saw Brian and Bernie driving off Woodwards together. They come back. They haven't found Rick, but they have managed to locate his watch. A gunmetal watch. A gunmetal watch. I, I, you loved it when they mentioned gunmetal Every again Every time they say gunmetal, take they a could, shot yeah. of Avocar. Because yeah. it's Christmas. Um, and then... Sarah ends up buying the watch because she wants to give it to Adam because he's got a broken clasp And this was or like the, the fantastic debut of Sarah the Liar. Yeah, debut. She's been, she's been lying for um, years. Yeah, just like really like watches <laughs> and he like collects them and she doesn't, like gunmetal. Everyone knows this is his favourite colour. At that, no, at that time, she doesn't think there's anything dodgy with it, does she? But she I later finds out... She Gary I don't care anymore. Gary gets hit by a car because Sarah's got the watch and he wants it back and yeah, he finds out chase. what it was. Anyway, basically Well Bernie explains this. Oh, yes, she explains it to the police later because she's talking to to Baldy Detective and she says it's not his name. She says she sold it to Sarah, but Gary wanted it. And now he's a suspect in Adam's attacks. It is all linked, this story. But yeah. I think the last thing that people were told about the watch, Sarah says that she gave it to charity. Yeah. But actually, I think she put it in the bin. <laughs> yet another <laughs> yet another piece of evidence that's made its way binwards in Weatherfield. Yeah. So you just need to get up to that special evidence room at the tip and then it'll be, all be fine. Are we at the bit where Bernie's at the police station? We kind of skipping around all over the place. There's millions of stories I combined into really one. I really like yes. this bit because it reminded me. Because at the moment, as I mentioned, is it earlier this podcast or the bonus podcast? I want, I'm playing The Witcher 3 at the moment. I was going to play Cyberpunk 2077, but I only have a PlayStation 4, so I'm a lowly peasant who doesn't deserve nice things. So I went back to The Witcher 3, and this really... Bernie's sitting there spinning this tale of complicated like he said she said they did this and he did that reminded me of a of a character giving you a side quest mm. like setting up why like and now the policeman's got to go on a fetch quest to find this watch to unlock who murdered rick nealon well it, she even sounded a bit like rpg character yeah, she did, she was, she? i'm quite good at finding things that's my special skill yeah yeah it's like okay so once i complete this quest i can come back and try and lock a bonus level where i get you to go and find the hidden jewels of the princess of the kingdom so that she can free the dragon from the evil clutches of the witch who lives in the mountain <laughs> i did quite enjoy bernie in this scene i think when she's when she's not doing silly things with with Gemma and Chesney, I, I, I quite like I her. I also might retroactively forgive Coronation Street for the lunacy of her being able to find a ring on a mountainside oh, in Wales. If it becomes a funny character quirk that she's like, I, I can find anything, me. I can, I can find... What did she say she could find? I don't know. She, she gave some other a, example. A she, watch in the woods. I can find a ring on a mountain. I can find... I, I don't know whether I like it as a character life. quirk or not because I think it has become... 
And I don't know whether it was always going to be a quirk or no, whether the Corrie writers realised that that was stupid how we found, I think, I, she honestly, found that ring up a mountain. I think they're being cheeky and they're going, yeah, we know it's stupid, but this is part of her, how weird she it's, is. It's not a thing that people have an ability to magically find things. It's <sighs> not like I've got a natural talent for playing the piano or, you know, maybe I can hold my breath for 10 minutes. Maybe she's got one of those St. Christopher... Things and she does that thing. Was it St. Christopher where you turn around through times and you say, Where's my stuff? But in a rhyme. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not it? Catholic. <laughs> um, anyway. Isn't there a. There's a no, saint. I, I, there is, there is. I know what you mean. Saint. Saint. Uh, saint Bernadette. Oh. Saint Bernadette, <laughs> where's my stuff? I would look for it, but I've had enough. And then she goes, Bling! And shows I you think that she's got a little special twig you know how you can douse for water dousing now that's real michael you can find <laughs> ghosts with that <laughs> anyway that's what bernie's up to shona meanwhile is still in the bistro she's getting merrily plastered simon seems to be able to hold his booze better than her i so. think they're both pretty merry so shona was worse Tis the season and um she's lost her keys so she has to phone up david and gail gets a bit of a cameo there because i don't know what to do with her at the i moment. thought that was funny <laughs> When she's like, she answers the phone, she's like, what? You're stuck where? And you're doing what? And then she tells David and then he finds out exactly the same information because he didn't trust a girl. Uh, I, don't, I, don't I thought it was funny. Anyway, um, she ends up finding the keys in the fridge and, and lets herself and Simon out and everything's fine. But Daisy's, no, Daisy's Daisy. there, isn't she? Because earlier in the episode, David had gone to the pub um, Daisy had She's stolen some mischief. beer from behind the bar. She is making mischief, the little minx, and then tried to blame it on David when Jenny comes back downstairs. And yeah, while David is there trying to... Um, Protest his innocence? No, no, no. Yes, yeah. And I'm saying later on when he's outside the bistro trying to figure out how he can get, get Shona out of there, Daisy's there enjoying it, but also... Seemingly trying to seduce David for future storyline purposes. She's becoming a, a little bit of a, um, a Lady Todd. She is. She's um, like chaotic evil. Like she's and and profiting off of other people's misfortune and also being horny. Like. I I preferred her chaoticness in the Johnny and Jenny stuff where she was just listening in and enjoying I don't it. want her perving I, over David. I don't want her perving over no. David. I don't need somebody to come between him and Shona. Don't you dare. It was bad enough when it. he slept with Emma that one time. That was I, weird. I... I I'm still not sure about the new Shona, really, but I don't. I don't need him jumping into bed with Daisy. Thank you very much, but it feels like it's. I mean, it's been it's been put out to the universe now, hasn't it? Yeah. She's she's part of his little storyline. Yeah. So for better or watch for this worse. space for that one. Um, anyway, yeah, the 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 keys are in the fridge. They let themselves out. I think Daisy points out wasn't there a fire exit that they could have used? Well, surely it would have set off some kind of alarm. Well, no, the alarm, the alarm wasn't set, was it, for some reason? What, the fire alarm? Oh, oh, the fire alarm. But, don't forget, Weatherfield firemen are like, let's just put themselves out. We'll give give it an hour, and if it's still going, (laughs) we'll go see. Didn't didn't we see somebody on the internet this week saying that what Alia clonked Jeff with on the roof was a fire hydrant? Yes, yes. I think that Coronation Street writers are probably really annoyed with everybody because they did try to show how Alia got through the fire by putting the fire out with a fire extinguisher that she then carried up, up to but the room. But where did she get to the fire it extinguisher It doesn't matter from. where she got it from. Because if it had been in the house, then surely Jeff would have used that to have put the fire out. 
I okay look but obviously somebody went hang on a minute how's she going to do this and then they thought they'd written a way out of it and then nobody like, nobody saw noticed because it, it, it was too, too dark, dark. <laughs> um, but yeah give them credit where credit's due we will yeah I'm glad mm. you mentioned that thank you for reminding me that's okay Debbie finds out that Ray is selling his hotels and he's a bit oh, skint yeah. at the moment so that was a bit of a weird twist that didn't necessarily go anywhere is he oh yeah yeah that's what she said oh, he's, yeah, he's, in, he's in danger yes Ray comes in. He's still mad at Debbie for Debbie for saying that everyone's tell laughing you what, at them. One good thing about Ray is that he's got he's bought himself three piece suits. So mm. if he ever becomes too skin, he can sell the waistcoats and keep the rest of the outfit, make a profit. True. Still look dapper. He says, "Look, the investors are going to pull out if we go through with Plan B." Yes, Debbie, so. because they didn't they didn't give you a million quid to build half a bloody complex mm. with a blooming blooming garage and a, a, a shop called the cabin with a k next to it <laughs> she goes over to see kevin and when says you, when you spell cabin with a k you don't even get the like the um advantage of coming higher in the alphabet when you were in the phone book what are you thinking calling it cabin with a k well i'd address your complaints to lem fairclough he's dead <laughs> Well, nothing you can do. No, I know. Debbie goes and sees Kevin and says, look, I am willing to take on Ray if you forgive me. Um, also, by the way, change no. is inevitable and gentrification is great. So, and, and Kevin's like, no. And it, kind of, it does kind of fit with his yeah, oh, caveman stick in the mud, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, he's got a bee in his bonnet and he probably, in about six months' time, he won't even remember what she did to him, but he'll know that she he's mad at her. <laughs> Um, yeah, he refuses to forgive her, so she goes back to Ray and says, right, forget plan B. The more houses and businesses that are destroyed in this, the better. I'm, with, I'm back with you again. This is like the After birth of a deviation. Disney villain. So, and um, this is when he spots the empty glasses yes. from earlier when Shona and Simon were in there, and he's a bit confused about what's been going on. And then he thinks, oh, maybe we need to look at the CCTV. And that was a very odd way. It wasn't the end of the, the very end of the episode, but that was the last that we saw of that story. I thought this was kind of good because I was, I was like, it made total, total logical sense why nobody mentioned the glasses until the very end of the episode because... This random investor guy lets himself into the into the um, bistro, bistro, and sees glasses everywhere, and doesn't think this is suspicious because he just thinks they're lazy assholes who didn't bother cleaning up yeah. after themselves. Debbie comes in and sees him sitting with a bunch of cocktails in front of him, and goes, "Thinks we're probably thinks to herself, what a lush. Mm. I don't care." And then Ray comes in and sees the pair of them with a load of cocktails in front of them, and thinks, "Cheeky beggars." Yeah. But then so, he asks, why have they been drinking cocktails? Because really, if you're having a business meeting in a in a wine bar, you're not going to start mixing up blooming Long Island iced teas, are you? No. Even though they do have a very nice looking festive cocktail menu. I think I forgot to mention earlier about the fact that when Shona and Simon get out of the bistro, Ray turns up in his car, so they all scatter. Yeah, that know. was funny. It was that reminded me of when you were a little kid and you you were up to something, and then I an adult came and you all went run away mm. and all ran in different directions. So he's presumably going to find out that she and Simon were in that, and maybe uh, use and, that and as dot dot dot. I don't know. I mean, they've all, he's already got the house off of David. I don't know, I know what, what more he, he can. Like, go, David, help me, otherwise her. I'm going to press charges against your wife, probably. Yeah, I. 
I, I, I don't know. Anyway, find out. I don't, yeah. Um, we, we also had in that episode, um, speaking of David, there was a nice little scene with her, with him and Gail towards the end of the episode where he's saying, um, oh, I don't think I can go on with this anymore. It's so difficult, you know, still being married to Shona. I, I'm, I'm tired of it all. Maybe it'd be better if I was single. I just need a bit of peace and quiet. So he's obviously questioning his relationship, which is going to be, um, you know, give him more of an opportunity to be infiltrated by evil Daisy. And also we had Gary accusing Sarah of dobbing him up and says, well, if, if I get picked up by the police about this, then I'm just going to tell them that you've known all along and you'll be in trouble too. And he also, of course, still remembers that he still knows about the Callum thing. So they're still in the same stalemate that they were back in the summer. No, they're not because the police are going to find the body. Or will they? I think they will. I saw a good theory online, and I don't think this is based on any particular spoilers or anything, but I said I saw somebody suggesting that what Gary was doing on that <gasps> night when he was moving driving the body. around was moving the body. Digging up the corpse. Yeah. Digging up the corpse. So, and, I, and I quite like that idea. Digging up the corpse. Uh, so the fact that you know that they're going to go. They're going to dig. They're going to dig around because they still hadn't found it. But on Friday they spent the whole out, day digging. Yeah, so they must have been digging but a bit. It's of a fr- massive load of woods. They wouldn't know where it was. And you know, Bernie found the watch, but it doesn't mean that it was next to the body. I can't remember whether Sarah knows exactly where the body was. I'm guessing that maybe she doesn't. But uh, the thing is, if is, he did, I know that's a really good theory. Um. And Coronation Street isn't real life, so this wouldn't necessarily like the, like real life complications don't affect it. But really, if he were to go to if if they were looking for this body, number one, I don't think they just leave the crime scene by itself, unguarded after they told everyone we're going to look for the in the woods for a murder victim. Number one, number two, they would find a recently disturbed grave. You can't hide digging. It would be yeah, obvious. Yeah, that is true, that's especially true. Especially this time of year with the way that the leaves the leaves are, you would see the disturbance in the leaf. You wouldn't be able to put them back the right way. And it's not, yeah, I mean, they, they would have seen, they would have found that and there would have been some evidence left behind as well, wouldn't there? Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, there was something here, but I guess we'll never know what it was. Maybe it was a body. Maybe it was some potatoes. <laughs> Maybe somebody planted some potatoes. Wood potatoes. Mm. Um, so... It, oh. I, I, it felt to me a little bit with this story this week, mm. with with the with the Gary side of it, that maybe this should have happened back in Britain's Got Talent week, and massive rewrites have pushed this part of it towards the end of the year, because it there was an awful lot of almost picking up from where that left off, yeah. and I know they filmed that some of that was filmed after the after lockdown, the whole car crash, um, well, not the car crash, you know digging at the body Gary getting hit by the car and everything but it felt like that temporarily put it on hold because Bernie going to the police station mentioning the watch Sarah dobbing Gary in a lot of what happened there could have happened back in May time and I know Ian McLeod has said certain stories were pushed back I mean we we said the same about the Yasmin Yasmin, haven't we the fact that she was due to have a trial and then all of a sudden oh she's had a heart attack we're gonna have to put the trial back to November December time I'm sure she'll never have a dodgy ticker again now and and if that's the case then was the Ray story going to 
was it was the original plan for that to completely dominate this anniversary week, and then would it have, yeah, would it have been a bit a lot bigger then? Would would Gary have already been arrested or or whatever at this point? I don't know. Did did you get that feeling at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah, it definitely it it did feel a bit like we'd sort of been watching a different program like on Netflix, and then we remembered, oh yeah, do you remember that show we were watching about a guy that got buried in the woods? Should we pick that bomb back up again? And we were like, oh, it's really handy that this character's gone to the police to tell them everything that's happened mm. in one nice big juicy paragraph, so that I can remember all the stuff that I've forgotten in the intervening months. Mm. Um, I don't mind it though. This is just unfortunate um and you have to roll with some of this stuff yeah yeah i know i know and i um, really like that i really like the whodunit you, stuff. you're enjoying the whodunit more than me i love it so much i Why know it's formulaic it? but i don't care i i find it fascinating i just like it's because it draws out all the conflicts that i like you know between between people and and their motivations this is the thing i've always said soaps have like live or die on how well they convince you a character is motivated to do whatever weird stuff they're going to have them do. And Coronation Street is not very good sometimes about setting up a logical and emotionally rewarding motivation for characters. But when it comes to whodunits, they really have to put the work in to establish everybody's conflicts and why they're doing what they're doing. And that's where it all comes out in the best possible way in a whodunit in, in, in Corrie. I'm I'm just finding with this one, I don't think I'm invested enough in enough of the main I, characters that are involved. I don't think you care involved. that Adam's been... I don't... I, no. It when, wasn't... It's not the same. I think it's because you're comparing it to Ken. The Ken one was such the Ken was a brilliant, brilliant story. Ken was and brilliant. it was Ken. I know. It's like, I don't, I don't really care about whether Adam lives or dies. And also, it's like, I'm pretty sure they're not going to kill him. I mean, I suppose I could have said that with Ken. We knew that Ken was going to be okay. But I I just remember feeling at the time, I I really want to know who did this because it could be any of them. So many people yeah. had a motive and, and, and what's going to happen when it's revealed who it is. Yeah. But with this, it feels like we're going to find out who it is. Then I'll go, oh, it's them. <laughs> or And, and I, I still it... think that Simon is, you know... He's he's quite a high high up on my personal suspect list at the moment. I I don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, I knew it was, was I knew it was Simon. He was he wasn't on the suspect list. Interestingly though, the fact that they have, have released that official suspect list, which is what is it, Carla, Peter, Sarah Lou, and Gary, I think they're making quite a big thing of the fact that Simon's looking guilty, which they wouldn't if they wanted to hide the fact that it could have been him. No, but they, they, they told you that it was him that spray painted it to try to. He is guilty about that. But but and it, and he's if not... they want to surprise us um, with aha, it was Simon. Then surely they shouldn't this early on be saying Simon did the spray painting because then lots of viewers are going to start to suspect. Oh, maybe it was him that 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 hit Adam, and they don't want us to be thinking maybe it was think him that Simon's hit Adam. I think Simon's bright enough to pull off two perfect crimes in one night. I mean, I suppose <laughs> the fact that there are two crimes that there's no reason why, you know, the same person should have been both of them. So maybe, mm, yeah. maybe Simon is just a bit of a, a red paint herring. That's what I think. Which still leaves us the question of who is it? And I, I maybe it is Faye. I don't know. There, there's a there's another good theory going around online that there's. Did we talk about the mistaken identity theory last week? I can't remember. People thinking that somebody thinking it was actually Ray. Yeah. And I don't know whether that holds that much water because they they look different enough. But I know his head was down on the bar and everything. But 
if if the intended victim could have been Ray, then it opens up a whole new world of possibilities. But would would Faye have done that? I don't know whether she's got it in I her. I don't think it would make sense for Faye kill to do someone that and because, leave it for it, dead. because she's not she's good. She's too nice a character. Well, it also the the sort. I look. I don't want to. I don't want to say thing. I don't want to say things that I'm not qualified to say. But it feels to me like the profile of a, a person who's a victim of what Faye is a victim of is somebody who um, is is fairly passive and go tries to sort of like people please and. Faye got herself into that situation. Like, she didn't get herself into the situation. Faye, Faye found herself in that situation because she was intimidated by Ray and she couldn't really work out how to say no and he kind of made it that she couldn't. That kind of situation doesn't make me think that the same... The person who gets into that situation is not the same kind of person who's going to creep up behind somebody who's unconscious and hit them over the head. Mm. Like the, it's a it's a different sort of personality type, isn't it? Yeah. Faye, Faye, like if they want to do something dramatic with Faye, it's. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like something that a a, a woman who was the victim of, perhaps rape, would do to a man. Mm. It's not a passion. It's not a crime of passion, and and. She wasn't being threatened by him at that moment. There's just because a she woman's doesn't seem like, like she's the sort of person that would go back there to take revenge or yeah, like dispassionately kind of dispatch him. No, uh, and I I think that there are. I'm not saying that women wouldn't do a crime like that. That's not true. But I am saying that you know it feels like a different personality. It, yeah, type. it doesn't feel like it feels like MO. the sort of thing that Abby would do. Yes, I can see Abby sort of being being attacked by a sex case and then going and trying to bludgeon him to death mm. later on. But Faye is far too young. And, yeah. Um, but the thing is, she does, like, she quits her job at the bistro right afterwards, doesn't she? Which could look guilty if you if you think that, you know, she's just trying to distance herself from the place where she left this guy for dead. And also there was a scene, um, was it on Wednesday or Friday? I can't remember, where Tim and Sally are discussing prison things and Faye's looking... It felt like she was looking a little bit uncomfortable. So yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise but me. But don't forget, it, these are all, all of this to... stuff has been thrown in to make you think, oh, whoever, whatever, whoever you're watching in the scene at that moment, it must be them that did it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which is why you're really enjoying it. I, I, it's, just not, it's just not grabbing me, but I think it is the, the Hubush-Ken comparisons and the fact that the characters involved... I'm not as into, and also, like I was complaining about earlier in the podcast, everybody involved in the storyline is as bad as each other for the nastiness, smugness. That 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 they aren't, you know. There's nobody there that I think. Oh, I hope it's not so and so because so and so is so nice. It's like, well, I can imagine. I can imagine a similar story like set in the Rovers, and one of the suspects is Emma, and then you'd be like, no, not Emma. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I. I don't care. It, I, I don't think it, I don't think it was Gary now because I, I think that is. his who got who got murdered or not murdered. I just love who done it. I think that Gary. I I pretty certainly believe this this moving the body theory. I've the fact no, that he was asking Maria to um, be an alibi for him. 
<laughs> be an alibi for him. So at the time, we're supposed to think, well, why does he want an alibi? And and this is why. It's not covering up that he was he was attacking Adam. It was covering up he was moving the body. Um, See, and, Sarah saw and him also out. He, and Sarah was suspicious. Sorry. Ken. Yeah, I don't know what Sarah's doing. No, I was just going to say as well, and I don't know whether this is just, you know, from a viewer's point of view. Gary says, I was driving around all night trying to find Ray. Ray's only ever in one of two places. He's either in the bistro or he's in his hotel. So I don't believe there's ever a moment where you can't find Ray. Well, also, the, the other thing is, if he's not in those two places, there's nothing about the process of driving around Weatherfield at night in a car that would make you believe you would, f- f- like, stumble across Ray. Mm. Ray's not going to be walking down to the offie, coming back with a bag of lager in one hand and pork scratchings in the other, <laughs> is he? He's going to be flitting around in, in his fancy car. You're not going to see him. No, he's, he's not, like, lit up like a ray of light. <laughs> I mean, I, like, we live near my parents and one of my friends... I wouldn't go drive like if I phoned them up and they weren't home. I wouldn't just go driving around the neighbourhood in the hopes I would stumble across them. I certainly wouldn't no, I actually think, do it. I think that Gary was making the point of saying I went to the places where I would expect to find him. But I think I oh, thought that yeah. on that Friday yeah. night he was at the hotel with Debbie. I think we literally saw him there on the Friday. Well, episode. then he's suspicious. Then isn't he, Michael? He is very suspicious. Exactly. See, this is the why I like it. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. This I would rather talk about. Why did Gary dig up a corpse in the woods? He didn't. Than I don't know whether Peter and Carla should get back together or not because I don't care. I think that if he again, if he didn't dig up a corpse in the woods, he He certainly should have had a go because he had plenty of time to do it. He would be a lot more bothered by these newspaper headlines. Like there was a bit where he overheard them discussing it on the radio, and he and he saw the newspaper headlines, but. If he I thought go, I'm about to be discovered, cripes. I'd be rushing off to go and sort something or, or just trying to leave the country. But he he can't, seems like go he's relatively chill. At least he's not tier four. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, he could just say I'm travelling for work. <laughs> um, anything anything to add? We, we, we've talked about... I was just looking at our discussion points here and we ended up talking about most of them as we've gone along. I did really like the model that they made of the the development yes i wonder how long that took to put together whoever made the prop designer who made the little model coronation street and the big the big block of flats well done i wonder what happens to it is that just gonna like get put into the prop department can i have it please somebody's gonna take it home with them because once this story's out the way i don't think they need that particular model where are you gonna put it just because we've made space in this house it's not me we're gonna have a a scale-to-scale no, model of a scrapped development in Coronation Street. I, I already went around after I just, you today. I loved how it was nicely detailed. Earlier today, I had to go round after Michael and pick up weird ornaments that he put. He's got no idea about where to put things. It's because 95% of the bits and bobs in this house are yours. Yeah, because we don't display weird crap like you buy. You've got four shelves of amiibos in the hallway. Yeah, but that's it. They're all together. Because it you looks just, nice together. Yeah, but I was saying... And what, what can you see? Your stuff is all over the house. Look, a vase. No, I just find that... Like, you, can, you know, your candles and your... your there your are ornaments candles. Your ladies' things. Oh, what, my, my chandelier of tampons? <laughs> um, Debbie, what are you thinking about the fact that she you is... You can't put weird trinkets. ...on a redemptive You're trying arc. to sell a house. You're trying to sell know, a lifestyle. You don't put 
a, a little model replica of the front of Coronation Street in Pride of Place in the hallway. Yeah, I tried to put my Corrie for Gemma took it down. I put it in the drawer. What, what are you thinking of Debbie? Do you think that she's going to come out of this smelling of roses? No. I know she's gone back to saying, okay, Debbie, okay, Ray, I'm back on your side again. I think she's going to be a villain for a little bit and maybe she'll just come out of this a bit, you know, do you think that, whoopsie-doo. Do you think that Sue Devaney is, you know, is going to stay on the show because... I don't think that she's got a oh, twelve I just month. Had deja vu. I don't think that she's on got a twelve month contract. No, I don't think so. It's a shame because I love her. ever since it's been revealed that she's you know been working with Rail this time, I've had a complete one eighty on the character who I just thought was fine it's because beforehand. She's an antagonist. And I'm loving her. It's because she's an antagonist and really they're more great interesting. Actress. Yeah, she 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 could have a, a long-term... And there are very few female antagonists yeah. that aren't like, oh, I'm a sexy man-eater, like Daisy. Mm. I just think that she's... Not she's, that got, she's not she's sexy. She's got something she's about got her. She's got that spark. Stonking cheekbones. Mm. Um, and any any further theory? Do it, what, what do we think Sarah was doing? See, I suspect Sarah... I suspect Sarah because she did that all, all dramatic comeback from, from bonking her husband on the edge. And go, some people just deserve to die in a pile of oh, chips yeah. and Pretending blood. Oh, yeah, pretending to be talking about And she Jeff. saw Gary, yeah, she saw, yes, he, he had it coming. Some people do. And she saw Gary walking around. What was she doing there? She lied about going out and Harry saw her. Some people, again, another theory I saw on the internet, which I guess has been um, dis- dis- whatevered now, is that Gary and Sarah were at it that evening together. But the way that they were talking at the end of Friday's episode means well, that you don't they, they phone, weren't. you don't phone up the police on your boyfriend. Well, no, it could have just been, you know, a night of passion that she then regretted. I... I'm going to tell everyone that you got a body buried in the woods because that was a really bad shag. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's been made obvious where Sarah was. And you're right, the fact that she snapped at Harry means that there's something suspicious going on there. And I think with everything else that's been going on, the viewers have been you know, distracted and we're not supposed to be thinking about that too much yet. Also, but the other I, thing is... If, I don't, I, it doesn't feel like Sarah would do No, that. I know, it doesn't feel like Sarah would do it, but at the same time, uh, the other thing that we're always stuck with in these situations is the consequences of the action. And what are the consequences going to be? Is it going to... Are you going to lose a character because they attacked somebody? Well, this is, is it why, possible this that... This is why if it's Simon... Go or something like that. Off the then, Well, the, the Barlows will close ranks in situations like this, when they like like when Daniel turned out to be the one that pushed yeah. him down the stairs. It's like right, protect the family. Don't yeah. let anybody know. But if if it if Adam know it finds out that Sarah's the one that did it, he might refuse to help the police, and then she gets away with it because he he would you know. He feels guilty for yeah. sleeping with Carla, and, yeah, and he's, he's like, like well, "Okay, I'll I slept with Carla. You hit me over the head, fair square, even Stevens. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get on with life." Yeah, I Maybe. can see. I can see Adam being the sort of guy who's like, "Well, it'd, be, it'd just be a shame if there were no consequences to this." So I suppose even with the Ken, well, Coronation Street, Ken and Daniel, they did have a bit the... of a falling out for a while afterwards. Coronation Street has been lacking on consequences for naughtiness for a while now. Jeff got his just desserts just last week. But but Gary killed a man. And he's still not got... And also don't well, forget I think, that... I think there is more to come that the that. secret with Callum is still hidden. That was yeah. five years ago or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, Daniel didn't actually get in trouble for pushing Ken down the stairs. 
No. And Daniel and Daniel's been a reprehensible toe rag for many a month now, and he's not been punished. Mm. Smug bastard. Yeah. So Sarah, maybe I just think that after everything that happened with Callum, why would she do that? I mean. She 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 had a mental breakdown after trying after keeping the secret well, of dead Callum underneath the, the granny. The thing is, if we're going to talk about what 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 kind of person out of the cast of characters we have who is going to be rash enough to to do that, cold blooded enough, and but also stupid enough to not actually check he's dead. Really, none of them fit the bill, apart from Simon, probably, because he's young and he's... he's Not stupid enough to check he's dead. I could see Sarah doing that. Anyway, I think we've talked enough about this story, so should we we go on to the the other littler stories for the week? Yeah. Okay, right, Paul's storyline then, Gemma. I've spoken a lot. I'm going to pass over to you. What's he been up to? I was trying to subtly tell you to make the window smaller. Oh, sorry. ignoring me. I'll make the window smaller. Here you go. Better call Paul, Gemma. Over to you. (sighs) <sighs> you just remembering back just having a quick quick skim of the notes I'm not what happened that this week can we skip this no okay on Monday Paul oh. right Todd sets up this weird this weird plan so that he can get half naked in Billy and Paul's house so he tells Paul he hasn't got a shower in his house anymore and Paul says use ours if you want so he, he Todd goes there and he sets himself up so that when Billy comes home he'll not have his clothes on and Billy's like how dare you and Todd's like what do you mean and then Billy says I'm sorry come to lunch with us so they all go to have lunch and Billy's like I'm sorry I will get used to you and meet you in the spirit of friendship as Jesus might well have done because Jesus was always letting people use his shower. Yeah. On Wednesday, Paul is There's driving off. There's been an off. awful lot of nakedness and half-nakedness in that flat recently, hasn't there? Well, you know, this is why they had to get rid of Matilda Freeman. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not... It's, I think not a suitable probably, environment for a young girl. I, I also think that they would have to be put on a register if they were to appear <laughs> in the same set that she had been in wouldn't without their shirts unbuttoned. Mm. Um, Paul has had a particularly tough day on the helpline on Wednesday. And so he's skiving off, having a duvet day. Paul goes round, Todd goes round, because uh, he sees him walking to from the shop with his lager and they both get drunk. Well, I think Paul gets more drunk. Yeah, Todd's very much in control because he starts talking about, he says, oh, do you remember that time? Remember that episode when, oh, you don't remember. That time when Marcus and I were caught at it in the show home by Audrey. Where's the strangest place you've had sex then, Paul? Knowing full well that it's going to... Um, Involve a paedophile. It's going to, yeah, evoke some sad and difficult yeah, so memories he was like, in young Paul. Oh, yeah, sorry, this just reminds me uh, about when I thought I was happy, but none of it was real. And Todd says, oh, you can talk to me if you want to. And so Paul then opens up a bit more to Todd about this phone call that I mentioned, um, and put, Todd's like, difficult phone call causes you to have a mental health break. You have to take the whole day off work to recover emotionally. Sign me up. I'm an emotional <laughs> vampire. I'd love to work in a helpline for people that have been abused. Great. So Paul, obviously, being having all his marbles in the basket, says, great, yeah, we always need psychopaths working at the helpline. Help I mean, Ted Bundy was brilliant at it. You'd be great. 
Um, Billy Billy tells Todd uh, Paul later about how cosy he and Todd look together. On Friday, Todd goes in to say to do this call center thing. Billy's had to do a sermon at Christmas. The vicar's got toothache. I mean, it's the ninth. You know, we're recording this now on the nineteenth. I think he could sort his tooth out before Christmas. I think he just doesn't like Christmas. Imagine being a vicar that didn't like Christmas. Well, he's only just, to be fair, he's only just become the vicar of St Mary's, hasn't he? Because um, if Billy's, you know... The archdeacon. Now he's been the archdeacon for a month or so. This guy, he wasn't maybe expecting to have to do a Christmas sermon this year. I just love the fact that the new vicar vicar of St Mary's has phoned Billy up and said, Billy, God, I need your help. Help me, please. Can you do the sermon on Christmas Day? And Billy went, let me just check. I'll phone up the, the bishop. Hi, bishop. What duties does an archdeacon <laughs> fulfil on Christmas Day? And the bishop says, honestly, Billy, it's a dos. You don't have to do nothing. It's great. Get the vicars to You do wait it all. till you become the bishop. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. Ever. You just say that you're in silent contemplation and they leave you alone. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, do what you like. Fill your boots. You want to do a Christmas sermon? Go on then. That's more work than I've done in the last 10 years. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> so anyway, he's trying, he's, he's sweating over this sermon. Um, and so off goes... Well, do, do you remember, this bishop has only been bishop for a few years in Weatherfield because it used to be John the bishop, didn't it? Yeah. But this new and, bishop just... realised what an easy job it is. Suspiciously absent and not mentioned at all is John the Bishop. Mm. What has he got up to that he's now been excommunicated? He's, he's not Archbishop. Maybe he's maybe he's um maybe he's now a Buddhist. No. Oh, okay. Well, you you seem to know a lot about <laughs> it. So they off go Todd and Billy and uh, Todd and Paul to the new set. Um, it was it was like they'd found a little cupboard somewhere on the yeah. on the Coronation Street setting, you know. When you think of a call center, I think of just like rows and rows of people, all with their the, little computers and phone and and yeah. phones and the everything. The canny and, thing about this is that it's quite COVID safe, isn't it? Because they've got little cubbies that they can sit in. Yes, so there was enough room for two people on the phone lines. Yeah, Paul and somebody and else. somebody. Oh, that's handy. There's a there's a job open uh, for for somebody on the helpline. And it seemed that their security wasn't, you know, as good as it should be. Well, I mean, what vetting do they do? When was the last time you you beat up a policeman and hid in the woods? Oh, mm. three years ago. That's, that's okay. fine. Yeah. Yeah. If it was the last twelve months, we'd have to, um, have to make say, you so fill thanks, out this but no questionnaire. Thanks, come back next year. No, you have to do a personality questionnaire, and if you come out. You have to say which friend you are, and if you come out as as Joey, you can't do it. But Phoebe's fine. <laughs> I think we we had um, I think it was Hill maybe on the Facebook group last night posting that um, you you don't have somebody that's not a Samaritan walking around listening in to phone calls where Samaritans are talking to potentially vulnerable people. And also, it seemed very... Well, if um, you could, they'd be able to sell tickets. <laughs> and also, um, having... Um, what was I going to say? You don't have, You don't probably... Sell, you don't just let people come off the street. Don't let people come off the street. Oh, and also, you don't get... If, if somebody starts to get too attached to one particular... Um, they don't have a friend that corner, always phones. Then, yeah, alarm bells start ringing. Yeah, sounds like a bad... Yeah, Badly so it, run helpline. <clears throat> Unless, listen, we are assuming this is a helpline set up to help people who are victims of sexual abuse, but it might be 
that help line that you can phone up when you can't put together your IKEA furniture. It's anything. Any help needed. Um, I I need to phone up this helpline just to let you know. I It says on the can, do not boil, this will empower the flavour. And I don't know if I've wrecked it now. Is this chicken soup still safe to eat? Yeah. Um, my, my significant other has bought me a unicorn onesie for my birthday. Can I get away with wearing it? And Paul's like, absolutely. Oh, you've got to. Unicorn onesies, height of fashion. I have to wear it all the time. I'm under pressure. My boyfriend is the Archdeacon. If he sees I don't wear his unicorn onesie, he's going to d- condemn me to hell. I hate that bloody unicorn onesie. It's... Every time Paul wears it, it's just like, why? Why is that now part it's of his like, costume? Where, did you guys lose it's the maybe... neon blinking sign that says, I'm gay, in, in, the, uh, in the wardrobe department? Yeah. Is that the only thing you could it find? Was, it was maybe slightly funny the first time it was on. But now it just winds me up. It's like that doesn't look like the sort of thing that I think. It Paul really, would I don't wear. think Paul would wear that. And also, I, those onesies are made of like the most sweaty polyester. He must be burning his balls off. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're here to talk about the call centre. Um, he Todd's like, oh yeah, I, I I like to work here, please, and he starts texting. Then we get Paul on a phone call with somebody who's frightened of his stepdad. He only wants to talk to Paul. It's a regular client, I guess. And Todd... Yeah, it's this little boy, Will. Will. Todd sees him giving his number out, which he's not supposed to do. And then later on, they have a little chat and Paul tells Todd the secret that he is in contact with this guy. Don't tell anybody, he says. Todd's like, I won't tell anybody. You, I think you, you're so great. You can do anything you like. I'll keep it a secret. Billy's got a bring and buy market stall. I also assume it's got a pole that you can lick for five pounds. <laughs> it doesn't seem sure. particularly COVID safe, did it? Super spreader. Paul's supposed event. to be helping out, but he keeps making his excuses because he's getting this this Will's phoning him up. Yeah, so then he has a he has a meet no. The kid phones him up, says, I really need your help, and he's like, Fine, uh, I'll meet up with you or something. Yeah, they meet in Kitchener Street. Um, Paul, Paul is like, oh, I I need to go off. He meets me in Kitchener Street. Will's like, oh, I, I don't want to go to the police about my stepdad. I want to stay with you. And Paul's like, no, you can't stay with me. I'll If you don't let me help you the right way, we're both going to get in trouble. And then Will's like, oh, nobody helps me. Nobody wants to help me. And he says, this country doesn't do anything for me. I thought this, this was, was found sounding like some kind of radicalisation storyline incoming here. It, that's true. This country does nothing for me. It's mm. like, it sounded, it sounded like, like a 68-year-old Brexiteer. Yeah. He's like annoyed that he can't go to Marbella. <laughs> so anyway, um, it, yeah, he, he goes off in a half. But Paul gets home. Billy's annoyed that he abandoned him at the bring and buy. He can't seem to win. Um, he's st- Billy's still struggling with this this sermon, and for some reason says he's going to do it about John Lewis, not not the department store that everybody in this country knows about. No, the civil rights activist who is very very famous in America. But you would be I I don't think I'm a stupid person, but I don't I think you'd be hard pressed to find many people in a sermon in a group of churchgoers who knew the particulars of John Lewis's well, that's life. That's probably why it's a good, good topic for a sermon. They can learn something new. So I already know the bit about the baby in the stable. Why is why is Christmas Day the time to educate people about a civil rights leader who died this year? I don't know. Tell us the one about the baby. 
<laughs> Tell us the one about the hotel that didn't have adequate facilities for people that had to go back to the place of their birth for tax purposes. Wants to just try something new. Don't do this it. This could really. possibly be his last ever Christmas sermon now that he's the Archdeacon. Wants to go out with a bang. Anyway. I can just see Emily heckling him from the back here if he starts oh, getting it. a bit. Emily Tim was, was there to heckle him. You don't, you don't need starts. to come out with something new and original on Christmas. Nobody wants new and original anything at Christmas. Nobody trying to sell you on Christmas. Would you like to cook this traditional, like this, this new fancy popping candy bacon dish? No, everybody wants traditional, same, everything routine, nothing new or surprising. Well, he didn't want to go that route. He's he's t- he's doing his sermon writing and telling Paul how awesome he is, obviously. And also he brings up, just coincidentally, I knew somebody once who worked in a call centre and they overstepped the line, uh, overstepped their boundaries and they, they gave out their number and they ended up losing their job. But you're so great, Paul, you'd never do that, would you? Paul's, Paul's like, like hmm. gulp. But it's a trick all along. It turns out Todd meets up with Will, who's just making the whole thing up, and he even made, had a fake limp. And Todd's like, ha-ha, we'll get this horrible man and get Billy to dump Paul. Somehow that will lead to this. I think lots of people, judging by the um, reactions online, were quite surprised by this twist. But I had said halfway through the episode, didn't I? I bet that this, is, this guy is working with um, Todd. Yeah, because it was that little bit of texting that Todd was doing when they got yeah. to the got to the call center, and and then that was never picked up. So you know, yeah, twenty minutes or whatever later, I was like, "What's going on there?" Todd's obviously up to something. It's not been made clear what it is yet. So well, I, I think said... that this is actually somebody working. But then when Will turned up and saw uh, Paul, he's a pretty he, good actor. He, he did. He came across as very believable. So I thought, oh, maybe not. But well, I said to you, there's there's no way that Paul. Um... Todd is not involved in Paul's downfall at this helpline because what's the point of him being involved in the story? There's literally no point of him being involved in the story if if Paul is going to make the mistakes all on his own without any help or intervention from Todd. But it's it, obvious as soon as that happened that Billy uh, Paul was Todd was behind it in some way. But Todd it, Todd's plan would have only worked if Paul was stupid enough yes, to give his number out, which is why is I don't, it doesn't quite work it for doesn't, me. It's like, no, well, it doesn't. It's like, well, sorry, yeah, maybe Paul, he should you... actually be fired if he if he doesn't understand that the rules are there to protect him and the boy I know. that he's trying to help. I'm, I'm a bit fed up of Paul being a bit too holier than thou. Uh, he's he... Paul's the perfect combination of holier than thou and a bit dim. Yeah, he is. Really, he just comes across to me as being really dim. He is. And then when he gave out his number, I was like, what are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> yeah, I know. You can't, yeah. You've got it, whatever you've got coming to you, sorry, it's your own fault. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and we're, uh, but I think like, we're supposed like, to know, go, oh, Paul, yes, I would probably do the same if I was in your position as well, because I also am kind-hearted Samaritan-like person. I was thinking, no, it's you, you idiot, you don't do that. <laughs> It's kind of like in our house when... It's not making him likeable. ...when the same mouse keeps being brought in by Abby. There's only so many times I'm going to save you. After a while, I think you brought it on yourself. I'll give you plenty of time to run away. Yeah, Why are you still there? to have your face eaten off. Yeah, and have your kidneys left dotted around mm. the, the... The bathroom. Yeah. Is, um... I, I'm, I'm still kind of enjoying the fact that Todd is doing his meddling. Yeah, it just it just feels a bit all co- too convenient and and rather contrived. It, it, it was a little bit too convenient that things went his way this week. Uh, I I think that 
quite possibly on Christmas Day while Billy is out giving his sermon, that could be an opportunity for Todd to make his move on Paul. And I, and I think, I don't know whether he's really that interested in Paul. He just wants, he, he's going to set up some situation that Billy comes back from the Christmas service and discovers, you know, Todd and Paul. Stuff in Turkey. Together, yeah. Mm. Or both of them inside the unicorn onesie at once. Going, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so it, it's all right, it's fine. Thank you, Hill, for writing in to let us know about... Oh, yeah, well, the... I, I forgot I copied our notes. The um, the situation and very heartened to know that this would be completely verboten. Mm. It's 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 a bit weird because they usually I mean they've worked no, they with can't. charities before. Yeah, I know, but they're not working. Before. They're not working with a charity for this storyline, are they? No. And I'm I'm surprised, but I haven't read an article in the Sun of somebody going. Samaritans lash out at Coronation Street's depiction of helplines, fearing it may put people off from contacting them during this busy festive period and we all need to support mm. it was a bit irresponsible but it was all right it was a it was, a it nice... was irresponsible but it was it more irresponsible than having a grown man wearing a unicorn onesie and <laughs> making it that that is a, a acceptable fashion choice the jeff no. storyline yasmine we only get to see like one scene of her or something didn't we this week being scuttling elusive. inside when she gets away f- oh no we, we, no, there was two. She gets away from Nina through the window at the beginning yeah. of Mondays and she scuttles and hides inside. Um, Yasmin, um Oh, no, we don't. We got to see more of it at the beginning of the week. I'm, I'm mixing this up. Monday is when the idea of the funeral um, is mooted, isn't it? And Yasmin is all for giving Jeff some kind of send-off because she feels that as his um, widow, she is... Well, she's duty bound yeah. to to you know give him a good send off. I think I really like Jasmine being very sensible here. I think this is very correct. I do, I don't like Jeff. I don't I think he's awful. But even I think even the worst scumbag in the world, there's a certain level of of dignity that you retain for yourself if you are willing to give them dignity. You mm. see what I mean? Like you 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 retain a piece of your humanity if you're able to extend that courtesy to somebody that doesn't deserve it all very true but i also would quite like to see him having (laughs) a funeral where his coffin needs to be jiggled in some way to get going i'm just thinking back of i'm thinking of a mixture of lewis archer's funeral where they were fighting over the conveyor belt and i think it was fred's funeral maybe i think that his coffin wouldn't fit through the hole or something like that and i i think it would be it it would be nice bit of poetic justice if his coffin gets stuck and somebody's shouting, jiggle it, jiggle it, and no, then they all already, burst out laughing at the funeral. I think that that would be Kathy fun. They already had say, jiggle it, jiggle away, Jeff, or something. They already had that. I think there's still time for one more, honestly. Anyway, um, Elaine is, um, she's she's moved on, hasn't she, from this situation? Elaine she's come out of her shell this week. I already week. said this last week, maybe, I can't remember. She's totally blossomed into, like, just... A really put together, sensible, switched on, emotionally sensitive person who is totally able to 
work out what people need from each relationship and what how much she's willing to give you know she's not she's not going oh but tim needs me now i need to be there for him for all the years i've she's like i don't know i don't know this kid seems a bit clingy <laughs> yeah because that's basically how the story goes on monday and wednesday isn't it he says oh mum you can come and live with me now mum look at this mum look at and, this and they're kind of struggling mom, I to read. i can read struggling to think of some mother-son bonding activities to do so um they play some board games or something. I can't remember. Um, and then Elaine comes around the house again on Wednesday to bring some jewellery for Faye. And um, this is when Tim says that I reckon there's something up with Faye, which is obviously linked to the Ray thing, but that's a different Quite story. Um, he makes a speech then about, oh, you, if your kids are going through something, they shouldn't be doing it alone, which makes Elaine think, oh, my son's going through something here. Maybe I should not be trying to get away. So she she hangs about with him, learns about his past and says, look, I want to go slowly with you, Tim. I want to get it right. Um, let's, yeah, let's take our time rather than me just coming to live with you. Which seems fair enough. I, I, I'm surprised that she's still here, to be honest. I, was, really I thought that surprised. maybe last week would be the last time we'd see her. It feels like there's more for her. There's something else that she's going to do and I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping it's move in with Yasmin. Maybe. I'd love it if she helped Yasmin regain her confidence. Yeah. I don't know that Alia can do that because Alia's just desperate for everything to be back how it used to be. And she, although she's seen what her grand went through, she she can't relate on an emotional level like um, Elaine can. I think it would be nice. Yeah. I d- it doesn't feel like she's staying long-term again because she's she's not on a permanent contract. Oh, sorry, not a permanent contract. That'd be lovely. She's not on a 12-month contract at the moment. Um, maybe maybe she'll just stick around and help her with the funeral, even though she's not... Because she doesn't want the funeral, does she, Elaine? She thinks that Jeff should just be forgotten about. I don't about. understand how think... you can know... You can, like, whether you hated or loved somebody, when they die, I don't know how you can just go, that's it then. You know, I would I would need closure. Yeah, we're all different, aren't we? And I, I think... Oh. I, th- I think that... Um, Yasmin will will struggle and Elaine, who has been saying, no, he doesn't need this, will, will help her in some because, way. And then... Because Elaine was like a kind of quivering wreck not that long ago. No, I know. Literally two, three weeks ago, wasn't she? She's just glad he's dead. I don't know how realistic this re- reaction is, but it is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would like to, to imagine that, you know, perhaps this is as realistic as Yasmin. Yasmin's reaction feels very... Mm. Oh, I'm I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of Yasmin this week. I'm sad considering that, we didn't that get... she was, you know, the star of the show last yeah. week. I'm I'm also sad that we didn't get to see like Yasmin triumphantly running around the street, you know, spending yeah. whatever money she wanted on groceries and, and meeting up with her friends, flagrantly still... ignoring red crosses everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, getting meeting up with Kathy uh, for, and... for a little bit of a she hasn't gal been to the Rovers, and maybe maybe you're not going to just say, oh, I'm I'm back to normal, no. but. No, I yeah. She's she's not really been she's if, not been reintegrated back into the community yet. Which is unless this is a story about what happens to Yasmin after this, I'm kind of upset because if it is a story, great, because then we can examine what the ramifications of this really are. If it's not a story, can we not just have a feel good moment for Yasmin after all these months of misery? Unrealistic as it may well be, we had our feel good moment for Yasmin when she laughed that time when she found that Jeff had been locked in the conservatory. That's all you get in Gemma. 
yeah. I'm 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 surprised. Um, has anybody told Yasmin about the whole um, block of flats that might be soon to be built on She's top of her house? Kind of tranquil and unbothered, isn't she about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, is. this is like she, maybe that's what she needs to get her out of her shell because Yasmin likes a good protest, doesn't she? Remember when she had that sitting in the library? Yeah. I think she'd be able to get right behind. I know Roy and David. She's and probably all that, got her own. She just needs to sailor. forget about Jeff. Think about the thing that matters. So she she's still living with Alia. Where's Alia living? I don't know where she's Alia. living. Alia, oh yeah, because her house has been firebombed. Alia's living with Imran and Toya and Ryan and Craig. No, Craig's not there anymore. Craig's Craig, moved. Craig has moved out to live with his mum off screen. So, Alia, Ryan, Toya, Imran, maybe Yasmin, and a baby. Yes, there could be a baby what coming a very festive soon. Festive scene. It oh, is like it is like no room at the inn. The 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 <laughs> foster service will come round with the baby, and they'll be like, "We haven't got any room." No room at the above the flower shop. I tell you where there is a nice little um, cubby hole. This oven is nice and warm. <laughs> Pop the baby in there. So, the, the Friday, literally, we just had a couple of scenes of Toya. She's saying, Leanne, we're going to find out whether they're going to be foster parents later. Cut back Guess later what? in the episode. We're going to be foster parents. We managed to get through the whole of this without seeing any Imran at all. Um, hopefully, the two of them will get some scenes together next week. But Leanne's there saying, it's fine, it's fine. I can cope. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to wrap me up in cotton wool just because my son's died. I'm not the like same Michelle. With... I'm not going to claim the flowers. <laughs> it was just, and it was the same with Nick as well, wasn't it? Because he had to scuttle off to Victoria Gardens to um, phone Sam up about Christmas Day. And Leanne's saying, it's fine, it's fine. You don't need to walk on eggshells. But I feel that when you she actually should. sees the baby or child or whatever next week... Um, she may well find it well, somewhat difficult. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hope that this story gets a decent chunk of airtime next week. I don't need there to be as much. I would love them to dedicate quite a large portion of Christmas Day on the reaction of a grieving mother to Christmas Day, which is a day that is celebrated <laughs> and lo- beloved of children. Tell you what, I don't really need much any more of next week, which is the Todd story. But I think we are going to get it. Like I said, I think We're that Todd. Have... I think Christmas Day could be right. This is my move. prediction for Christmas Day. Um, Todd, um, Todd and Paul been molesting one another while Billy does the sermon that nobody cares about about John Lewis, and he's accidentally got the Wikipedia pages confused. So he's talking about how this is John Lewis Christmas advert. He's talking about how John Lewis was really a really great civil rights campaigner and also has a price match guarantee for any sale item, especially <laughs> electronics. I also want. Um, I also imagine that it's going to be a bit where Leanne is holding a present that's got Oliver's name on it and crying. Oh, yeah, it's probably probably something from Janice or Les has come through because they still haven't been told about yeah. Oliver dying, which is the only explanation that I can think of that they haven't come round to to comfort grieving uh, Leanne. Adam will wake up. Oh yeah. Say. Um, Sarah will look guilty. Um, I predict that. Daniel, there will be a, definitely be a montage, and Daniel will be watching Sinead going, Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, Merry musical Christmas. montage for next Friday. Um, Sad. One of the oldies, maybe Rita or Ken, will stare out of the window at, at the development and go, 
I can't believe Ray wants to get rid of this and put in a, a reasonably priced budget hotel that will provide great location and great amenities with with a decent walk to the local tram station. <laughs> I want to um, see a scene where Rita's at home in her flat and the 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 star falls off the top and then she goes to get on a stepladder to bridge yes and that. Nah, ah, you're not nah. getting me like that again, <laughs> Jesus. Not on your birthday. Daisy's gonna be sexy, sexy Daisy. Um, oh yeah, Jenny and Johnny are gonna share a, um, a a sad yet what's the word like um, courageous look over a glass of sherry. I don't know what's going on with Johnny because he's waiting for his hearing. He's waiting for the hearing, and Jenny's still not wanting to think about it. Yeah. And what else? What else stories are there? Uh, oh, and Max will die in the sinkhole. Okay, I look forward to that. Christmas Day. I think Christmas that Father Christmas Day. should drive into the sinkhole. The plats wake up on Christmas morning, and they and hear be the like, sound I'm of stuck. hear the sound of reindeer. You're all getting cold. Um, also, Fizz and Tyrone will be like there, sitting around the table, carving the turkey, and then Tyrone will be like. Do you remember that time that Hope had that cancer and we thought she was going to die before Christmas? <laughs> oh, the things you worry about. Oh, yeah, I proposed to you on that episode. <laughs> Better get going with that, then. How are the wedding funds coming, Fitz? Fitz, remember I gave you £10 a week to, to sock away <laughs> for the perfect, beautiful destination wedding? Gemma, who was your character of the week this week and what score are you giving know. it? I'm I'm struggling with the character of the week this week because it was very much it. an ensemble cast, but I it I, is I was in general, yeah. But no, literally, I, I I wouldn't say that there was anybody that stood out as no. being the main person. No, because that because we were watching around. lots of characters going. It wasn't me. Yeah, and, I and like, like I said, Carla, earlier, there are lots of unlikable and, characters. Yeah, this Carla week, and Peter can go can go in a bin. Um, Adam's unconscious, so it can't be him. Sarah's blubbing. Carla's blubbing. Daniel's being a git. Yeah. Um, yeah, Daniel can go in the bin as well. Shona and Sonia and Simon were okay, but it was they're still feeling a bit weird, their friendship yeah. together. <laughs> weird vibes. Uh, maybe maybe this week I'll give my character of the week to Debbie for two reasons. One, she found a bit of conscience and was trying to, trying to find make a bit of a compromise between yeah. still want to have my flats but also want my brother to have his garage. I want my money, but then but I, I did I did enjoy the respect. very end of it, her going, damn everybody around well, here. I'm I'm you. villain. Yeah. So, you guys. I, so Debbie's gonna be my character of the week. Oh, you've made such a compelling argument, but I don't I don't really want to just don't steal copy your... me. No, because the teacher might find out. <laughs> I am a teacher. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh. You can go Debbie if you want. You can go with Ray. You can go with Elaine. I had somebody in my head with... and I can't remember who it was. It yeah. wasn't... wasn't... Well, you got to decide. It's the law. I'm going to give you my score while we're going. I'm giving this episode, this week of episodes, um, three keys in the fridge. No, three and a half keys out of fridge. Keys out no, of fridge? Three and a half <laughs> keys in the fridge out of five this week. Um... Have you who, got a score at who least? Who did you give it to? Debbie. Yeah, that's right. I told you I'm tired. Um, I Okay, I, I think Debbie's the right choice, but I, I can't just copy you, so I'm going to give it to Shona. Okay. Because um, I, I really like Crazy Shona. And oh. I, I thought it was funny. I get weird vibes, but 
I get weird vibes off a lot of things, to be honest, these days. I think there's something... What's your score? You're, you're, I'm, sure, I'm feeling that you're going to go higher than three yeah, and a half. Yeah, I enjoyed this week. I like it, and it's festive. I'm going to oh, give it... festive. It was miserable, and so everyone's suspicious and horrible um, to I'm each sorry, other. I'm sorry, I don't know what Christmases you're used to, <laughs> but that's festive to me. Fine, okay, okay. What did you score out of? I've forgotten. Keys, Keys in, the, in fridge. the fridge. I think I've got what Shona's got, you know. I'm going to give it um, four pound shop Miss Marples. Lovely. Four. Well done. Let's move on and talk about some news. Okay. Christmas news time. Pre-Christmas news. Not a whole lot of news going on this week, but this is finally <laughs> the time, Gemma, where we can talk about our, our obsession of this week. And I don't know how long it's going to stay that, but we have been spending, uh, it seems like an inordinate amount of time playing Coronation Street words and design this week. But then also, I've been seeing a couple of other people on, on Twitter and that that are even further than us. And it feels like we've sunk hours into this this week when did it come out you tuesday sunk hours into it i say i have just because every time you look over it's what i'm doing i've been doing lots of i've things. been i've been taking whatever opportunity i can at school this week to get out my phone and crack through a few word problems <laughs> uh puzzles sorry it's it's fun it's i'm i'm enjoying it more than i thought i was and i knew what i was getting because i played that wordington game which was the other one that i made which was along the same lines but, um, yeah, I'm finding it strangely addictive. Yeah, it's like they they do it on purpose, these mobile game makers. Yeah, and I haven't spent... Oh, no, I have spent money on it, actually. You idiot. I was, I, for the purposes of the podcast... Oh, lies. No, I paid my one ninety nine inside to get the ad-free version. And can I say right now, it's not worth it because Don't it doesn't it. actually make much difference. All it does is if you click on the... Um, the one of the home buttons or something or the options menu it doesn't give you an ad for their other game i wondered whether it'd be like would it be easier to spin the wheels to get your free coins or whatever do you not have to watch the videos but you still do so it is at the moment functionally pointless it is absolutely no benefit if anyone's wondering it's barely noticeable if you pay that one ninety nine. The only benefit to doing it is that it gives them money and maybe you get more Coronation Street things, but yes. it's not a charity. You don't need to support it. No, but I do hope that this game keeps running because, as I say, so far I'm really, really enjoying it. Now, if you have been um, following our social media, if you're um, subscribed to us on YouTube, you'll have seen a video that we put up on Tuesday night, which is us recording ourselves playing the first let's play. 20 minutes of Coronation Street Words and Design I never and commenting on it. I would ever be good enough to be a YouTube gamer, but now I've done Anyone two videos. Do yeah, we've done the Betty's Hot Pot, we've done this. I'm really glad that you're enjoying it. I didn't. I thought that you'd like have a little go and say, nah, Well, that's what I'll do, you know that. You oh, know I know, I know, nice. I know you'll burn out on it fairly quickly, but the fact Don't that like you the are... the use of that phrase. Thank you very much. <laughs> rude. The, the word puzzle part of it, which is mostly what it's based around, is, is all right. And, and I'm finding it, you know, I've had moments where I've been staring and staring and staring and not been able to find any words. And then yeah. other times I've been getting them really quickly. So the idea of it, if you haven't played it yet, is you're given a selection of letters, like four, five, six letters. In a circle. And in a circle. And you have to make words out of them in a word... Uh, crossword style grid and then by completing that and it might be that you had to find you know three four five six seven words and once you've done that you get a star and then you spend the stars on making either ken 
or bet do some kind of cleaning up job in um in the, that number one or the rovers basically they've trashed the place and they want yeah. you to help them but tracy has trashed number one and they want you to help them clear it up again and bet has another fire at the rovers oh, and you need to clean it and up. you can pick out of three things what you want stuff to look like yeah it's like oh I'm None of it matches. Now, now it's time to put my dining room table which one of these on do you, you want can't... or you can spend like 50 coins on getting a different one which me. is still you know it's not necessarily doesn't look any better than the other ones no, i think but it's silly because you can't look and see what's available so you can't say what well okay i want to make sure that my tables are blue because i'm gonna get i'm gonna get the option for blue cabinet you have no idea nothing seems to match it's all really eclectic and weird i don't care about that bit at all i'm just but the script we're in it for the dialogue that if you're gonna i'm finding the word puzzle bit of it fairly fun yeah me too but the the, what I'm loving is every time I get to do a little job, you get a little bit of dialogue from either Ken or Bet. And, and the, you know the what? first part of the game is Ken, isn't it? Yeah. And then you, you, you've cleared his lounge and then Bet comes knocking on the door. And I don't know what kind of parallel universe this is in where Ken, who's talking about Deirdre that's died, is being visited by Bet, who looks about as young Maybe as she was the in the 1970s. I don't care about that. It's like some kind of marvel multiverse kind of thing and i'm all up for that because it means that hopefully later on in the game you'll be able to meet you know proper proper classic characters in the past i'm, I'm wanting hill drogden to show up i want ina sharples to show up I, I don't know what is coming but um yeah the, the the possibility of any coronation street character being a playable character on this is very very exciting to me unless you have like a you know a three-hour segment where you have to play as Michelle or whatever. I'm I'm just loving it. The dialogue is brilliant, and it's written by one of the Curry script writers, I I think. Um, and you can tell they're I was just having. To find who it was. You can tell they're having an awful lot of fun, um, writing these, just writing these scripts, which are full jam packed, full of references to past Coronation Street stories and characters. Like, we've had cor- we've had shout-outs to Hilda, Ina, Elsie, um, Jack Duckworth, there's Billy Walker. There's There's been loads of them. And as somebody who has spent a lot of this year re-watching most of the old episodes on the DVDs of Coronation Street, this is just brilliant. I'm, I do wonder a little bit if new you know, current fans of Coronation Street who haven't seen a lot of the old ones. Like, if I've only been watching Corrie for the past couple of years, is this game not for me? Because I don't know who Bet Lynch is. I don't know who all these people are that she's referring to. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think... I don't know. I really feel like... I'm like, ah... Yeah. It's, it's, it's full of references yeah. for long, long-time fans. Yeah. And I... Also, really love that the script is so well written that as I'm reading it, I can hear Bet's voice yeah. in my head saying the lines. I, I really, really, I really can. I can. And it, it is funny. There's some, there's some um, double entendres in there. In Ooh, fact, they put an article in the Star this week, didn't they? Yeah. Based on a couple of tweets that we'd put out, um, calling out some smutty line that Bet had, had said about her tidy front entrance or something <laughs> and ken getting wood for um and yeah so we we made the star this week yeah and um oh and then the list.co.uk um made their own article based on the stars um 
And, and one of the quotes in there that made me laugh is, despite the game attracting mixed reviews, the Conversation Street podcast admitted to being a fan of the smut. <laughs> Love the smut. Fan of the smut. Oh, and the star said that the Coronation Street podcast, which posts Corey gossip... Like, no, I we think, don't. No, we don't do We've that. We've gone to great lengths to not Lots talk to, about never gossip. Never mind. But the amount of things we could have talked about are some very juicy things that have happened <laughs> since we've been doing the show. We haven't talked about it. Anyway, I'm, I'm finding the game brilliant, mostly for the script, which is free. just wonderful. It's free. I'm. You don't have to watch adverts if you don't want to. No. Um, I'm, I'm, I really, really hope that it continues to build and build and build upon... So far, it's just Ken and Bet, isn't it? And all the all the adverts for it, all of the artwork I've seen for it is just Ken and Bet. So there's the promise of all these other characters, but we don't know who those other characters are. Um, there's a huge map that you can yeah. scroll around, but the vast majority of it, there's nothing that you can do there. It could very well be a flash in the pan. It doesn't make any money. So they say, well, let's not make any more of that. And And my worry is there's not a whole lot of incentive to spend money on this game. The thing with mobile games is you should be you should be tempted to be to want to buy things. Yeah. And at no point have I thought, oh, maybe I'll just drop a couple of quid on buying this cosmetic item. There's definitely a difference between spending money on a game because you want to buy an item or that's rare or something you can't do, or spending money on buying coins because you can't find the word cleaver in a word search they they throw money at you don't they we we both know, you what and I'm i saying have... is the only way to the only way to spend money on this game is to advance yourself in the process of the game if you're not very good at it yeah but so part... so they're limiting their audience for people spending money to people that really like coronation street but are very bad at word searches they're also because it because of the nature of the game and it's all about t- taking random letters and seeing what words you can make up of it, you can, if you want to, go to some kind of anagram website, type in the letters, see what words come up and use <gasps> that. So you can kind of... There's ways secrets. that you can cheat outside the game. So um, I, I do... do that, would you? I do think that if they want to make more money on this game, they need to incentivize spending more money off of the adverts that i watch over and over again because some of them are hilarious <laughs> yeah you, you're you're doing that um trying to get more coins and, i like and the coins because i i'm the sort of person who if i meet any resistance whatsoever i i give up yeah and that, but i don't find any satisfaction in trying and trying and trying again and like overcoming adversity i don't find no i just give up well it's because the main reason that we're playing it at the moment is well you, you like decorating sort of games anyway yeah don't but you? this is not that's not the me no it's game. it's all about what's bet gonna say next especially something bet. to do as well it's something to do that's kind of engages a different part of my brain than the one that has to tidy up things and put boxes in storage. <laughs> so, so far, I've I've sorted out Ken's lounge, I've tidied the rovers, and now I'm back to tidying Ken's kitchen. And at some point, I think it's probably after this Ken's kitchen, the game's going to stop and then it's just going to be wait for the next update to, to find out what happens next. And you can see, looking around the map, there's... That counted, was there like 18 rooms or something? Mad. On the map... And they're all within number one and the rovers, I think. So before they even open up the possibility of having, you know, let's go to number 13 and redecorate Hilda's house, there's plenty that you can do What's there. And I that wa- noise again? I can't hear it. 
So I'm I'm worried that maybe I'll get a bit fed up of those two characters. I want to have lots and lots and lots of other characters. We'll have to see. But yeah, when I heard this game was announced, I thought, oh, bit of a cheap money maker. Um, that doesn't sound too fun to me. But honestly, I am genuinely really, really enjoying this game. I've seen that other people on the Facebook group and Twitter are enjoying it too. I've seen that some people aren't enjoying it. It is definitely not for everybody. But yeah, it is really... He's really getting me in the right places for that Cory nostalgic referency kind of thing that I love Coronation Street for. So well done, people who've made this and written it. Um, next bit of news before Gemma dropped right off to sleep. She's sitting there with her eyes closed again. We haven't even had dinner yet. Um, schedule for next week, just in case anyone's wondering what's going on with Coronation Street at Christmas. Mostly normal. We've got Monday, there's two episodes. Wednesday, there's two episodes. Thursday, so Christmas Eve, we've got one extra episode at 7.45. I think that's just a half an hour one. And then Friday, Christmas Day, we've got a one hour episode of Coronation Street at 7pm. So an extra half an hour of Cory next week. But also don't forget as well, on Monday, this coming Monday, a couple of days time, we've got the big soap quiz. So Coronation Street versus Emmerdale. They've been doing it four years now, I'm going to say. So um, make sure you're tuning into that to hopefully see Coronation Street trounce Emmerdale. They do deserve that because it is their 60th birthday this year. Good luck, Coronation Street. Final extra little bits of news. Jerry Booth has been taken down off of YouTube, Gemma. Oh. Say that again? Oh, no. Jerry Booth, who has been very useful as a... You need to explain you're talking about an account. It's not as a name. YouTube, not actual Jerry Booth. It's an account on YouTube that has been uploading old episodes of Coronation Street. And I'm sure some of the ones that we've been watching over the course of the year have been from that particular account. It looks like they may have been um, taken down by ITV's lawyers because there's no trace of Jerry Booth on YouTube anymore. So that's a bit of a shame, although I suppose it was only a matter of time and, you know, legally, technically, they shouldn't have been doing it. But, you know, I, I can't help the fact that it was very very useful but there are there are still a few others out there there's an auntie Corrie. there's one called conceptor hewitt that's got a load of old episodes on but i guess that if if the the itv ninjas are out for jerry booth and some of these other similar sites which or channels which are doing pretty much exactly the same thing could soon be in the firing line so maybe if you're enjoying watching those old episodes on youtube get it in now while you can and obviously uh, as we want to keep ITV on our side, we must also take this opportunity to say, sign up for BritBox, because they've got a load of old episodes on. Um, finally, if you're in the UK and you have got a co-op nearby you, go and check it out, because um, judging by some of the pictures that have been showing up on social media this week, the Coronation Street 60th anniversary big shopping bags are out now, and we've been hearing about these coming for weeks. It feels like there's been some sort of delay, because when they originally announced, wasn't it supposed to be out late November and available until early December. Um, and it just turns out that they are already out now in the wild. And we haven't had a chance to go to a co-op. We don't have one too near us, but maybe no. that's going to have to be a job for us tomorrow because I don't want to miss the opportunity of getting one what of these curry bags. Sunday. Sunday tomorrow. You can, go, you can go bag shopping tomorrow, can't we? Yes! 
Oh, not that sort of bag. We're not going to go and get you a Gucci Gucci bag, Gemma. Gucci Gucci bag for Christmas 2020, yes. <laughs> that's the, literally the only thing in the last bit of news that's woken you up. There's the, that bag shopping. You what? say bag shopping to me, expect me to be to stay asleep. I'm going to take often... the old bag shopping tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> you often struggle to wake me up when I have to get up for a specific reason. And there you go. There's the magic key. You say bag shopping in my ear. I think that is it for the news this week. I don't know whether there's going to be any news next week, but we'll see when we get there. I thought of something and I don't remember. Oh, I will say... She's awake again, everybody. um, There's a documentary on Netflix that's just been added called The Ripper, which is about um, Peter Sutcliffe. He was a serial murderer in Yorkshire. And if you are interested in true crime, you might like to watch that because... Bruce Jones, who played... Uh, Les Battersby. Michael, why do you make fun of me? It's really upsetting. You know, I don't remember. Les Battersby. <sighs> he talks about his experience finding one of the bodies and it is very affecting and he is still, after these years, very emotional about it. Mm. It's not the sort of thing that you want to watch out of uh, sort of, you know, morbid glee watch it you know it's 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 very sad to see him so upset yeah you watched it a couple of days ago and it is an i i've heard criticism of the documentary i don't know enough about the story to know that what what what's particularly is wrong about what they said there's a lot of really misogynistic things they talk about but i i kind of viewed it as that's how people were i think they're fairly obvious that they were saying that's what 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 society was like at the time. It was really interesting to hear them talking about feminism and how uh, this coincided with like the the burgeoning era of people women wanting more freedom and the fact that this York this guy was like loose on the streets and they tried to stop women from going out at night. That was their solution and they came up against a bunch of rowdy feminists going, "No, I don't think so." That was really interesting. Um but I know there's also a documentary, I forgot I don't know what the name of it is, a BBC one which people say is better. So, if you want oh, to... Oh, also, so speaking of old ex-Coronation Street people appearing on TV things at the moment, um, Les Dennis is going to be on Birds of a Feather over Christmas week as well. So if, you, if like us, you still haven't quite got over the death of Michael Rodwell and you're missing you're Les missing Dennis from your telly yeah. screens, then do tune into that, if you like Birds of a Feather, I suppose. But Pauline Quirk's not in it this year somehow. I don't know how they can even do it without her. Anyway, that is definitely the end of the news. So let's round off this long and late podcast with a bit of feedback. Okay, let's do a speed feedback section. Speed feed. We just, in the, in this little break, have ordered a KFC and it's, it's on its way. It's chicken winging its way towards us right now. It's a festive gravy bucket. Yes. And um, Did you know, tired. Americans, you know that? in the UK, we don't eat mash with KFC. We eat chips. We eat fries. That's crazy, they right? mash in America with it. Apparently, you don't really get chips with KFC in America. Oh, that's weird. Oh, I forgot. Oh, average score on the Facebook group for last week's anniversary special 60th episodes was 4.39. So that's, that's great. Jolly well. And then I wrote down a load of um, possibilities for the comments but and I was going to wheedle one. it down to three, but no, I, I didn't pick it. So you, you, I'm going to read out six today just because I can, because it was the 60th anniversary yeah, week. Michelle gave it four disappearing house fires out of five. <laughs> Joni gave it four and a half flossing geniuses. Shauna, four teleporting alias. Hill, four and a half bunches of Jeff's magical sleeve flowers. 
says, <laughs> Pat's four and a half Gary Whooper says. <laughs> we didn't mention that, did we, last week? And then Joe, five emojis with the monocle out of oh, five. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of good ones last week. That's why I first struggled to uh, get it down to three, which is why I, I just didn't even get around to it. Chike gave us an email last week and says, I have to say, I loved everything about this week. That's about last week, remember. Imran ripping Dreft to shreds is a bigger highlight for me than his demise. This week, for me, highlights the bravery of all of those who have ever suffered any kind of abuse. It just proves there are so many silent stories that deserve a voice, and hopefully this gives them some form of strength. In the times of the pandemic, we all struggle, and I think that while Yasmin's struggle continues, Shelley King, the actress, helped so many along the way. Jane Danson was incredible as Leanne Battersby, too. I know it's been hard for people to watch someone continuously grieving push others away, but that's the reality of the situation many face. Just because audiences may be tired of that doesn't mean it's any less real for those who actually have to go through it. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would change, though, is some of the attacks the lawyer representing Jeff attempted to do seemed obvious. I hope you both enjoyed it as much as I did. I agree with you. I thought it was when she started coming towards Yasmin like karate chopping like that. It was really obvious that she was going <laughs> to windmill her to her face. I th- yeah, I mean, Imran, the, the the highlight of the past he fortnight, literally, maybe the past month was his Imran against yeah. Jeff. That was so spectacularly Everybody amazing. Everybody loved it. And, and Imran has been character of the week for two weeks in the row now, but so we couldn't possibly choose him today, partly because he wasn't in it for this week at all. It wouldn't be fair on other people. We've got to give some other people a chance, haven't we? people that weren't in it. Right, Gemma, would you like to read out Nancy's email from she last says, week? She says, the definitive moment in Yasmin's trial came on Monday. Imran was brilliant questioning Jeff. I loved when he pushed Jeff to reveal his true character. Imran telling Jeff to do one was amazing. That was great. I loved Jeff slipping off the roof. I thought Jeff slipping off the roof was inevitable. Jeff did go after Yasmin. I hope Elaine stays. Yasmin looked like she was in shock after being on top of the roof. It will take her a while to recover. And I love Kathy's comments. Yeah, Kathy, Kathy was great in yeah. those little scenes that she had. Underappreciated. The Save the Street story with Ray is not over. I loved Abby driving the bulldozer and making all the lights go out. Gary ripping up the contract was brilliant. I think Debbie will be Ray's downfall. Gary will be out for revenge after what happened to Faye. I love Toya's scene with Leanne. The sisters before Mr's line was beautiful. It was amazing how Sam was able to keep Leanne from leaving. Will she end up bonding with him? The Peter Cook. Do you think? I, I I hope we have a nice little bonding session on Christmas Day with Leanne and Sam. That'd be quite sweet, wouldn't it? I hope at least she stops treating him like something she found on her shoe. Yeah. I mean, uh, he is he is being a. I mean, he is a little kid. But let's just pre- let's just pretend that we can criticize children like they're adults. He's being a bit of a pushy git, isn't he? Like writing her notes and stuff, and mm-hmm. making her be his his fake mum. Yeah, I think that she might struggle with the with the whole. Toya and Imran having a foster child over over the Christmas period. Well, I mean, but um, she's she may well find solace in Sam. Yeah, it would be that would be nice. I don't know how realistic it would be. The Peter Carla Adams Sarah storyline has turned into something brilliant. Who knocked out Adam? It could have been someone thinking they were knocking out Ray. It would not be unrealistic for Peter to die from his alcoholism. I'm not sure if it will happen. I do think Gary will be exposed for killing Rick Nealon. See, this is the thing. I'm not expecting Peter to die from his alcoholism, which is why the threat of next drink could be you know, the last thing he ever does. It's... It's kind of exciting that it's there in the background, but I don't think that Corey's ever going to actually... Kill Peter Barlow. Yeah, make good on that threat. No, I don't know. She says, give this week's what? Unless unless Chris Gascoigne decides that he wants to leave, because I don't think that Corey's going to want to fire him. I don't know what... 
Don't know where the Why do you keep to... saying fire? You always I say fire. You contract. Why do you always pick me up with that? Because because being fired has a very different uh, okay. connotation. I don't think. That... I know. I don't. I know. I'm a nitpicky, annoying cow sometimes, but this is for a reason. Axe then. I don't think they're going to axe him. So <laughs> is, that, is that all right? It still okay. it keeps the excitement all right. of firing, but okay. maybe. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether he wants to leave or anything. But if he does want to leave, then maybe that's what the storyline should be that they go down. Or is that too obvious? I don't know. Michael, I don't think it's too obvious to kill an alcoholic from alcoholism. <laughs> Nancy says, I give this week's 4.5 leotards out of 5. I want Imran to have a huge storyline. Character of the week is Imran. I did think Yasmin was to tell Jeff off while she was on the roof. Right, wrong. I don't know. Nancy hasn't said. Fill in the blank here yourself. I think right. I think she was right. <laughs> Rebecca said that Mondays was the best episode of the week. See, the, the, I, I do wonder what Coronation Street think about this because though it seems to me that the majority of the feedback is saying, brilliant Monday, we want more of that kind of stuff. And Corey's like, but but Wednesday, but everybody. Wednesday, the special anniversary episode. What did you think of that? Um. Well, I hope they're saying, let's give Charlie DeMillo a raise. Mm. Um. Loved Imran and Jeff and loved the community spirit of the cobbles. Wednesday and Friday, loved all the Jeff and Yasmin stuff, especially on Friday. Shelley King broke me. I knew Yasmin would torture herself. Um, he still got a grip over her after all. The dolls scared the hell out of me, though. I didn't want Jeff to die, but I've made my peace with it. I suppose I have as well. Elaine was great, again, and I really hope she stays as a recurring character. Sally was fantastic and Tim was great, too. Sorry, Gemma. Apology accepted. The Save the Building story was probably the biggest letdown, although I did enjoy Abby driving the mm. bulldozer. <laughs> the Lehan scenes I enjoyed, especially on Friday with Sam. He's too precious and cute and needs to be protected. Oh, he can protect himself, he's fine. I also liked him trying to match make Leanne and Nick. The Carla and Peter stuff was annoying me until the end of Friday, but now things have just got exciting. I'm thinking Simon or Peter did it, but I don't think Adam is dead. Correct. Love Gary confronting Ray about Faye. I so want Gary to wreak revenge on Ray because of what happened. And finally, they remembered Rick is in the woods. But with Adam unconscious, is that threat just going to disappear? Character of the week is Jasmine. And I give it four and a half scary ventriloquist dolls in Jeff's magic room out of five. Well, that's four and a half for Monday, three and a half for Wednesday and four on Friday. Good, you work out your own averages from now on, everyone. Fangirl Overload123 is our final piece of feedback for this evening. And she says, so, so now I'm starting to think the most likely suspect behind Adam is Gary or Daniel. But Simon is still acting suspicious. I don't think it was Carla and I didn't suspect Peter or Sarah in the first place. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't speak this week about the possibility of about it being Carla. And she is on the sus- suspects list, but there hasn't been anything really so far that's meant we've got any fingers pointed at her but you know maybe that could mean it is her because they're saving it and they're making us argue about all these red herrings for a while psychologically speaking um i think she would be more angry if she she attacked pete if she attacked adam it'd be either out of revenge or like some kind of weird twisted way of trying to fix the situation but Peter's still determined that they should break up with each other. Mm. I don't think her reaction would be to cry and walk off meekly if she had been willing to kill. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, she, she carries on saying, was hoping to get more Yasmin this week, though. Wow, the bombshell that Paul was working with the boy... The bombshell that Todd was working with the boy t- talking to oh, Paul yeah. <laughs> was not what I expected. This race story is really going downhill, don't you think? I was really excited earlier this year, but it's so obvious he's going to lose. I don't see the point anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that um, Vangelo Below didn't see the twist of Will being a stooge of, uh, of Todd's. Whereas when it when it was revealed, it's like, oh yeah, that I, I was right when I when I thought that earlier. Sometimes when you predict something and it happens, you're like going, ah, oh, yes, that's what I thought. But in this case, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, I thought it was that. I don't know, mm. No particular reason why you why you have one reaction over the other. But yeah, the the um that that's true about Ray. It is still a bit too obvious that. I know this is the he's trouble. He's not going to get his way. This is what I said about setting up no like situations where it feels as though the outcome's inevitable, and then acting like that makes any kind of suspense. Mm. Uh, but we don't know. We we do know that Coronation Street is is doing some work. I plan to do some work on the set at some point to expand it. Not that I think that that would really have any impact at all no. on what what the set looks like or, you know, I don't know. When are you expecting the story to be over? Because it's kind of the way it's feeling to me. is like, you know, by New Year it might be done and dusted. I don't think it needs to be dragged out any longer than I that. I don't think it does need to be dragged out, but I've suddenly become a fan of dragging things out. Carla <laughs> um, so Paul... Shona and Sarah all acted so stupid this week. Shona has a brain injury, so she is off the hook. <laughs> but what was the other three's excuse? And Sarah, you do realise how easily Gary could drop you in it about Callum. Mutually assured destruction and all that. Finally, there seems to be a list in my head of when all the older and younger cast are coming back, so it was interesting to see Harry. But we still know, have no info on Jack. I swear, a black hole has appeared in 13 and swallowed him right up. That's true, and... and um. He is a bit older, isn't he, as well? So it's obviously not, you know, they're not bringing the older ones in. Eventually, the younger ones come. I wonder what's going on with okay in there. Well, I mean, oh, obviously, I hope, I hope Harry, see him soon. Harry had to be brought back for the very important delivery of the line, I tell you, <laughs> So I can see why he Jack's was... just upstairs playing his tapes. I want Jack to come back and go, Aunt Debbie, why are you such a raging bitch to everybody? <laughs> um... Character of the week is, well, I, I guess Elaine, but everyone else kind of annoyed me this week and I give it three and a half. I see, I see. it wasn't just me then. Three and a half scabby horses out of five. Lovely. Thank you, everybody, scabby for horses. listening to our podcast. Ah, Sorry ah. again that it's come out so late. Yeah, we really could. We, there, we could no not way. have done it any other time. Like we, When I got home from school yesterday, I was... You, you said, don't even think we're doing the podcast tonight. And I was like, I do not expect we're going to be recording I the podcast you, tonight. You don't really have time to change, but I guess you better had do it. Yeah, it's been very, very, very full busy on. here and full on. Well, you also but came like nice will come it out was, of it. You if came we can get this household. skipping home merrily, happily, excited with your bag of of goodies from your day last day of term, and I was like, get it, get yourself working, yeah, get down the the moving house mines. <laughs> anyway, you're being very uh, what's the word? Chickens haven't hatched yet, Michael. Oh, I know. This I know. process is gonna. I'm already anxious and can't Living sleep. Living house about is it. easy. I literally realised the other day I was sitting on the sofa and I was so stressed out. My I was clenching my teeth and then I realised I was holding my hand in a fist next to my face and I didn't even realise that I was that stressed. Uh, it's you so know. So you're going to enjoy this, aren't you? <laughs> we we can have a nice relax tomorrow, can't we? I think we've earned a bit of a. A lion and a breather for the rest of the weekend. Oh. No, it's Christmas, isn't it? 
Christmas is coming. Christmas. This time, yeah, this well, is our final podcast before Christmas. I hope, so I hope everybody, everybody has can a lovely enjoy one. The the moments that they manage to make and and make what you can out of this Christmas, whether you can see your family or not. I hope that you can make peace with what is there and look forward to a different Christmas next year. And also, like, let's just think, if you can't go to see your family, you don't have to eat turkey if you don't want to. You can have bacon and eggs. <laughs> just think about it like that. Also, you can. Sp- it's more time you can spend playing Coronation Street words and design it's like boris johnson is a closet cory fan we know that he likes cory because he did a tweet about it yes so it's like he's like going guys we've all got to complete and and clean up the the mess that in in the rovers i don't know how you guys think you're gonna have time for christmas frankly Oh, oh, we're done. Yeah, sorry then. We Come, are done. No, I don't say, mind. I'm just I'm tired as well. Stuff about- no, no. Email us conversationstreet at gmail dot com. You can you can go to iTunes and give us a review if you like. That would be lovely. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. What did we upload on YouTube this week? It was. Oh, well, you can obviously go and see our Let's Play of the game if you want to. But we put a Tony Gordon character profile on Thursday as well, didn't we? Um, also. Don't forget, um, you're running out of time if you want to join our Patreon for December and have your um, contribution, contribution added to added our pool to our of money that we're pool. going to give to the Lily Foundation and Women's Aid. To thank them on behalf of the Coronation Street fan community for their work and to hope that the, this little bit of money can go towards helping people that have been in the same situations as Yasmin and Leanne have found themselves in this year. And... Go and vote in the Conversation Street Awards if you haven't done that. Remember, you have not got long to vote for this time because we've left it late on purpose. Yeah, we did it on purpose all... Because we wanted to wait until after the anniversary week. But yeah, if you're... Don't mull it over too long. Get over there and vote. Just vote with your heart, not your brain. And we'll find out the results in a few weeks. Just like we did with Brexit. Thank you, everybody. Bye! Have a good rest of the weekend. Sorry we're late. Have a lovely Christmas. Ta-ra! The music of this episode came from podcastthemes.com.